You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, April 29th, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going well. Looking forward to tonight. Our guest is going to be Douglas Coleman. He'll be calling in from Thailand. Thailand. That's a first for us. That is a first. I think, uh, didn't Rain, we talked to Rain when she was in China one time. uh, Hong Kong, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But in Hong Kong, yeah. And, you know, we talked to people in uh, Ireland and Scotland and Canada and the UK. Haiti. There was a Haiti. Oh yeah, Haiti. I forgot about Haiti. Yeah. So we're we're we're, uh, we're reaching out, man. Spreading our tentacles <laughs> across the across the world, there, man. Uh, how's your week been, man? Oh, uh, you know, not too bad. Staying busy, usual. Yeah. Kid stuff here and there. Busy weekend. Had you over. Obviously, that was nice. That That's was. Cool. Uh, it's right here on my list. I wanted to say uh, <laughs> a big thank you to a wonderful uh, birthday dinner. Yeah, that turned Probably, out, huh? And I have to say, I have to admit. Uh, I was talking to another friend of mine uh, a little while ago. I said, you know, I've eaten in a lot of places, man, across the uh, across the country and uh, in other countries and uh, some of the finer restaurants. That is probably, if not the best, it's in the top five uh, <laughs> meals I've ever had, period. Huh. Well, I'm it's glad you liked it. It was, yeah. it was fun to do. Yeah, that was great, man. Uh, uh, I feel uh, pretty lucky, man. <laughs> and truly appreciative, man. Thank you, uh, thank you to you and your family. For yeah, that. Uh, we had a good time. So yeah. it was, that was fun. Uh, see, T Bone will not be in today. He's at a conference, so we'll, he'll be back next week. We have Anthony Davis. We'll be talking to him a little bit later, as uh, as always, and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Of course, we have Briskies, so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, anyway, yeah, I, I, I didn't. Uh, you know, the dinner was uh, outstanding. Uh, I went to uh, uh, the brewery art walk on Sunday. Oh, took that in and uh, went and had a shack burger at the end of that. And we had talked about the the shack uh, Saturday night, so we rolled over there and did that. And that's been about it, man. Um, just a couple bike rides. That was it. I saw on the news today that there is a. Uh, Great white sharks in Seal Beach today, man. Wow! Now they uh, they what they did is they put a they put a shark warning signs. They said if they if they since they're below six under six foot, they they close the beach if they're over six foot. Six foot or over, they they close the beach. Hmm. Under six feet, apparently they don't. So it was it was interesting. So that was that. It's it's frightening. Uh, I I think to be honest that there's. 
sharks out there more often than we do. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, now that they're getting better, like the, the the tracking devices are getting smaller and more reliable, and all that. Uh, they're learning what sort of patterns they have and migration type stuff, and yeah. uh, all the evidence seems to be pointing to the fact that coastally here, you know, in, in Southern California. Uh, they're around a lot more than we ever, ever thought. Uh, you got that Which right. Which <laughs> also goes to show you that they're not the threat that, you know, once was thought. It's like, at Great Whites in the area, somebody's going to die, right? That was the mentality. Obviously, the Great Whites are in the area a lot. Yeah. And there are occasionally, you know, uh, attacks, but they are very rare, uh, especially considering how many people are in the water year-round. So, but still... Even knowing all that, even, you know, being a numbers guy and understanding the, 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 the actual, like, sort of just how unlikelihood it is from a numbers point of view. Yeah, you a, still think about it, right? As a surfer, as somebody, you know, I haven't done a lot of surfing lately, last six months since, since we moved. Uh, but as someone that spent a lot of time in the ocean, you know, like, vast numbers of hours in the ocean surfing and, you know, in a in a wetsuit that made me look like a seal <laughs> you know again i know the odds are, are... look at me man. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a little it's still a little it's a bit unnerving i will say absolutely well, i'll tell you what we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about this today let's uh let's go to a quick break and uh hear one from douglas coleman and get him back and get him on the, on the line this is called we said to them you're listening to swoops roll on the talk story radio network back after this Thank you. 
listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sharp on the Wall. You're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swoops Run, and we're happy to have as our guest today, Douglas Coleman. How you doing, Doug? Hey, just fine. How you doing? Doing great, man. Well, thank you, thank you, and welcome you to the show. I'm all, all the way from Thailand. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, we were, Peter and I were talking just before the, that's when we started the show, of all the places we've uh, actually interviewed people uh, when they were calling in. And uh, this is our first from Thailand, man, so uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Am I, am I the farthest away? Ah, uh, uh, geography is not my strong suit. I'm going to have to defer well, to you. Well, you don't need Probably. to get your map out here. So. Probably, because we've had people from, like, Glasgow and, yeah. and Haiti. Those are all closer. And um, Did we have, we had someone call from Australia once? Uh, that I don't remember. No, we had people in studio from Australia. From Australia. Yeah, 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 so I think so. You probably are. The you, apparent uh, corner, Peter. You, you, you set the record, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Douglas, tell our listeners. Oh, I'm happy about that. Uh, so are we. <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and how you initially got started in music. Uh, well, I, I grew up in Boston. Um, and how I got started in music. I was probably three years old. And we had a piano in the house, and I would just hear songs on the radio and go to the piano and try to pick them out, uh, you know, one finger at a time. And the first song I really remember seriously trying to learn how to play was a song called All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. Uh-huh. And I was about five years old, and that was the the hit song for that summer. Um, now you know how old I am. <laughs> and uh, and then it just, you know, I think I was just born with the, the, the love and the passion for music and an ear for it, because I could always sort of pick out tunes and uh, trying to learn to play different songs and things on the piano. My father bought a guitar when I was about 12, and I started to just fool around with that. Um, so I started picking up chords and things like that. Um, when I was 18 is when I really had the stars in my eyes, and I said, oh, I'm going to be the next Elton John or the next Billy Joel. And I moved to New York and hooked up with a band, and we played around in some small clubs in New York City and started making a name for ourselves. And that was for a couple of years. And then things happened in Boston. My father got sick and I had to go home and traded the guitar for the corporate world, unfortunately. Um, and worked for 20 years. And finally, when I hit like 40 years old, I had this horrible midlife crisis. And I just thought, what the hell am I doing? I've got to get back to my music before before I get too old to do it. So I started to make my plans to uh, to get out of work and to go back into the music. So 20-some years later, uh, I'm sort of starting all over again. Because so much has changed. I mean, there was no Internet back when we were doing it. In, in New York, it was just you got out there and played and you sent cassette tapes by the mail to mm-hmm. record labels and, you know, people like that. Now you can 
sit at home and just send it all out on the internet, which is great. Yeah. I love it. But it's it's kind of a double-edged sword because uh, now everybody can. So the playing field's been leveled. Right. So everybody can put a song out, you know. Uh, but you take the good with the bad, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm loving it. I'm learning it. You know. How did you uh, How did you initially get started uh, writing music? Well, um, well, that's a good question. I guess I just sort of, you know, people that I really admired were like Elton John and the Beatles and Billy Joel, and who I thought were real serious songwriters, were really good songwriters, great songwriters. And, and so I said, well, let me try to write something, you know. And so I would just put together some kind of chords and... Uh, fool around with the melody, you know, and then try to write some lyrics. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't go to school or anything for it. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, it just, just kind of was like a natural progression from, you know, well, I've played that song a thousand times, why don't I see if I can uh, write one on my own, you know? And then the, the band that I was hooked up with in New York, they all were writers. Well, two of them. The, the drummer didn't write, but the, the other two, uh, a girl and another guy, they were writers and quite good writers. So it was a challenge for me to try to write something as good as as they were writing, because before I met them, I hadn't really written too many songs. I had a couple, but they were pretty basic. And so when I met them, it was like, oh, wow, I really got to up my game a little bit here and... Uh, you know, and then I'd work with them writing songs and things and gradually just improved to where I could do it better and better. It's it's a constant thing, you're writing songs. I don't think you ever get to a point where you say, okay, that's it. Right. Uh, you know, I just, every time I write something, I try to do something different. You know, throw in a chord this way or do something, you know, just, just mix it up and... Uh, it, it's a constant uh, progression, I guess it is. When it comes to your your lyrics, uh, what 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 uh, what motivates you? you know, we talked to so many different musicians and artists, and and you know we've heard so many different stories. You know, some people. You know, we've we talked to one person. I remember said, "I just you know I just watch people and I write story. I just imagine what their what their what their story is, and and I use them to kind of create a song. And then I've heard we've talked to people who said, oh, I write about my experiences, and you know, just a variety of responses to that. What, what motivates you? What do, what do you, what do you uh, what's your muse? Um. There's usually two ways, typically, that I would get a song. Uh, either I would have an idea, like a story mm -hmm. that I want to tell, and I'll basically just write out a story on a piece of paper or type it up or something, and then cut it down into sort of song lyric format, twist it around and try to find some words that rhyme and put it together that way. The other way is a phrase will just pop into my head along with a melody, like all at once, just boom. And it's usually while I'm driving, which is really inconvenient, <laughs> you know, because it's it's hard to try to go, oh, i got to write that down, you know, while I'm driving. Uh, I've had several songs just pop up like that. And it'll just be a, a one phrase, 
and and one melody that follows the phrase, and then I'll write the song to that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the one that uh, which one did you play? The first song you played. We said to them, right? Uh, yes. Okay, that one was one of those where it was the beginning line. My love for you is all I know how to do, and. That was it. That's what I, I got just out of the sky, basically. And then I just went home and got to the piano and just wrote the rest of the song to it. Um, so that's that's basically how I write. And lately I've been uh, co collaborating with uh, some people to give me sort of a kickstart. Uh, like they're doing instrumental backtracks and I'll be adding melodies and lyrics and singing to it and, and that's kind of a new way for me to work and I'm, I'm enjoying it because somebody starts it off you know it's like when you're in bed and somebody gives you a kick and says get up come on time to work you know but they do it musically and uh, because to start from scratch although I have done it it's it's a little more difficult to get myself motivated when I've got nothing in front of me you know yeah um, it's better if I have that foundation, at least for now. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, most people don't want to be categorized, uh, but uh, you know, in order to uh, to promote your, your yourself and your in your music, you have to pick a genre. Uh, what what do you what would you say your music fits under? Uh, what, what type of what type of music is it? What category would it fit in? So, um, hmm. Well, probably classic rock, adult contemporary, um, easy listening, perhaps. Uh, some some of it is a little bit crossover into new country. Um, something like that, melodic rock. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have called it 70s soft rock, uh, you know. That's somewhere in there, I would say. With all of those genres you mentioned, I, I I'm trying to find the 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 you know when people talk about country, they they end up in Nashville, and they talk about rock, they end up in uh, you know New York or L.A. or something. Um, how'd you end up in Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> well, I went from Boston to Toronto and then to Thailand. Um, Actually, we were talking about earlier, I mentioned I had a bad uh, midlife crisis. And so to get back into the music, the start was to go to Toronto. It, that's how it started, yeah. kind of by accident. And I ended up in this piano bar uh, singing with this other guy who was doing all the same music that I grew you know, that I liked. Yeah. Uh, Beatles, Elton John, all that stuff. And that, that was the sort of the kickstart. That was the, the, the fire again. You know, I was like, oh, and I was enjoying that. I was going up there a lot on a lot of weekends and uh, was really enjoying myself. And I said, okay, this is it. Somebody I met in Toronto uh, suggested that we go to Thailand for a holiday just to get out of the cold of... Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Toronto in the winter, but it makes... Boston feel like Miami Beach. <laughs> I mean, it is nasty cold. 
you know, Boston's cold enough, and especially this year, they got, what, 10 feet of snow or something. Yeah. But uh, Toronto is, is way colder in the winter. You get the wind right off the lake, and it'll go away. So I thought, okay, well, yeah, Thailand sounds great. Anyway, so I booked my ticket and uh, all the hotel and everything. At the last minute, my friend canceled. Just canceled out. And I said, oh, God, you know. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go anyways. I'll just go alone. And so I came here and just fell in love with the place. I mean, it just, it, it's so different. The culture here is so different than our culture, than American culture. It's, it's hard to explain in, you know, 10 words or less. But uh, it's just like nothing you've ever experienced before. And I thought, you know, this is a place that I could really work because I could, it's so strange that I can clear my head of all of the stuff in America, which is difficult for me. In order for me to write, I need to clear my head of all the, the garbage. You know, the, oh, I got the bills to pay. Oh, this is happening. Oh, look at the news today. Oh, isn't that awful? You know, yeah. oh, look what the president said, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this kind of stuff. Got to get rid of it. Just have to clean my head. When I come over here, it's in a completely different language. It's a different culture. Everything is strange. And it's easy to tune out. It's just easy to shut it all off and just to get into a space where I can work. Right. Um, so it's, I'll put it this way. In the 20 years that I was working in, uh, in Boston, I probably wrote, you know, a couple of songs. And since I've been over here, I've written a whole bunch of songs. And I've been over here for 10 years. So it's, it's really helped. Right. Um, Is, do you have any, yeah. uh, do you have any difficulty, do you have any difficulties getting gigs there? Or, I mean, are you, are you strictly writing and recording or are you, are you doing any live performing while you're there? No, I don't play live here. They they probably wouldn't know what to do with me <laughs> because they the ties really like their own music. Um, it's it's a very pure culture here. They've never had uh, Western uh, colonialization. Any they've always been an independent country. Uh, even though all around Thailand, the Vietnam War went on, and uh, the French were in French Indochina, Laos, and Cambodia. But Thailand has always remained independent, so their music is very traditional, and they're very proud of it. Western acts that come here are usually big-name artists, and not that many of them come here. I think the last one I saw was Taylor Swift did a concert here, or she was going to do a concert here, then she canceled that one. Mm -hmm. political unrest. She got scared and didn't want to come. Um, and there isn't there isn't a big market over here for Western music, you know. So I, I don't play here. I just work in my studio and uh, write and record. Nice. Well, we're going to play one now. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to play Language Not Required. Any anything you want to say about that before we uh, lead into it? Yeah, that's a, actually a good choice because that one was about that is about Thailand and the experience in Thailand is that. If you're in love, uh, that the, the language of love is strong, and so you don't need necessarily to speak to each other in a in a the same language. 
you can speak in terms of love. I know it sounds very poetic, but that's that's actually how I wrote it. It's, it's, it's language is not required for for love. Excellent. Well, uh, we're going to play that right now. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Douglas Coleman, and this is Language Not Required. Back after this.
Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics, or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted, and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. This is Raspin Stewart. You're listening to Swoop's World. We started out so innocently. We learned to take what we need. Forgive us for our greed. Let's dance. We smoke the hookah and dance. Welcome back to Swiss World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and uh, we're happy to have Douglas Coleman as our guest tonight. And Douglas, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be on. When uh, when you uh, when you uh, you're not doing you're not you're not doing any gigging there. Are you are you doing any gigs anywhere? Are you leaving and doing gigs, or are you strictly doing all your studio work right th- right now? Um, just really doing studio work right now. I. Um I don't have a band together at the moment, and I kind of hate going out and doing the, because uh, I'm a piano player, and typically if you go out solo as a piano player, you end up doing those kind of lounge acts, yeah. uh, which I really, <laughs> I really don't want to do, you know, and singing Frank Sinatra. I mean, not that I have anything against Frank Sinatra, but... Um, you know, that's just not really what I want to do. If, if I'm going to go out on a gig, I want to have a band and, and do my material. So, you know, it's a lot of work, as everybody knows, to put together a band and to do all that. So, no, I'm not, not doing any gigs right now. I'm really just concentrating on, uh, on writing and recording. You know, we, 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 you touched on earlier the fact that, you know, with, with the modern technology and stuff like that, it kind of opens the door to, to anybody to get to kind of go out there and, and at least uh, create a presence and, and get their, get their uh, you know, their creative, whatever you're, you do creatively, you can get it out there and it has the potential to be seen worldwide. 
Um, when it comes to uh, you know promoting your, your music and stuff, you know, you know, you, like you said, you, you came in, you came in, you came back into this at a, a you know a later stage in life, and uh, us, us old guys have a tougher time with the, all the social media stuff that, that the young kids have. Have you found it uh, a lot of work, or, or has it been easy for you to, to kind of promote yourself out there and, and get the, all the social media stuff going and and getting uh, and developing a, a following via the internet? Have I found it difficult? Yeah. Is that the question? Yes. Um, it, it's a good challenge. Yeah, I mean, not really difficult, but I, I love being on the computer. I mean, that's it's my new home, uh, especially over here because it's kind of my connection to the rest of the world. Uh, where I live out here, I'm out in the, the sticks. And, uh, you know, we're, we're on a farm, so it's very <laughs> quiet. But uh, I don't I don't get American television, and so the only thing I've got is the Internet to, you know, check up on what's going on in the rest of the world. Um, the, the social media stuff, I think, is great. You know, it's I, – I couldn't do what I'm doing now if we didn't have all of this. Right. You know, if it was still the old – send in the cassette tapes in the brown envelope, uh, it would be a lot more work and a lot less, uh, you would get a lot less response. This way you can put out a song and, you know, it's endless to the number of people that might hear it, assuming they know who you are. Um, like I said, the sword cuts both ways on this because now you've got a bazillion people putting out songs out and you know the playing field is really is leveled where somebody like uh, Paul McCartney would be on the same website as somebody like me you know yeah. obviously he's much more well known but I'm just saying before the technology that would have never happened um, so it's. I think it's a, it's a good challenge. I've I've enjoyed it actually, going on all the different sites. We've talked to so many people, and, and especially independent artists. Um, and you know, you come from you come from a background, uh, like you said, uh, you did you did something else for twenty plus years. Um, but you, you, we talked to a lot of artists, and they talk about you know the, the ability to wear the different hats. You know, the self promotion, the the creative, the, you know, the creativity to get out there, to write, to to you know to create to create the music. Uh, promote themselves, build a following, and all those sorts of things. And you know, some some people love different aspects more than others. Uh, do you do you do you embrace them all equally? Do you find uh, one that you enjoy much more than the other? Or do, do you find some that you uh, you know like a whole lot less? Um, I like the social media stuff. I like the internet stuff. I do not like producing and mixing and mastering. <laughs> I really don't. And so some musicians, you know, they, they love that, you know. But I, I find that to be real tedious. Yeah. You know, I, I would prefer just to record my stuff and let somebody else do it. So um, I've worked, I'm working with a producer now who is brilliant at doing that. So... He's a real treat. I can just, you know, make my tracks and send them to him, and it comes back, uh, you know, wonderful. Now, I don't, I don't like that. That just gets tiresome for me. <laughs> um, 
you know, and getting, and especially if you're doing it alone, because you have, it really takes two people, I think. One person has to run the machine, and the other person has to perform. Right. You know, trying to, to, to hold your finger on the seder and sing at the same time and keep watching the levels, you know, it's, oh. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then after you've done like, you know, this what you thought was a really good performance, then you realize that something wasn't set right, you know? Right. And then you gotta do it again. You know, and it just I've had that I've run into that so many times doing it myself that, you know, I'm just tired of that. So that's the part I don't like. <laughs> the flip side of that is uh, you know, when you're when you're the creative aspect of it and it's your baby um, do you you know you hand it over to a producer and, and and he does he does his magic tricks? Does it often come back the way you way you anticipate it? Does it come back better? And uh, how do you handle it when it comes back uh, different? Well, I've had that happen. Uh, it's it's a lot of phone conversations and it's a lot of uh, no, I want it to sound like this and I want it to sound like that. Uh, we had. Uh, one, I don't think you've played the song yet, but it's uh, uh, all all the way on love that's, was one that's that, cute uh, up to go next actually. <laughs> okay, all right, well, good. That one, when I did it originally, I sent it to my producer uh, Stuart Epps, and it came back completely different than what I had imagined it. Uh, it was very sort of soft and fluffy and <laughs> you know, and I wanted it much more banging and booming and so we had about three phone conversations of uh, no I wanted like this song oh, like that no the drums got to be like that so he had to do it all over again he wasn't real happy but in the end we got it to where it is now so but the, the first version he sent me was laughable to me because that was just not how I envisioned the song at all well, that's actually a good lead into that song. We, we we got it all queued up and ready to go. So let's uh, let's take a listen. You listen to the Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. Our guest is Douglas Coleman, and this is all the way on love. Back after this.
heart. High blood pressure is serious, and if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion? After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hello, this is Exine Cervenka. You're listening to Swoop's World.
Welcome back to Swoosh Road on the Talk Story Radio, Radio Network. We're, uh, we're happy to have as our guest today Douglas Coleman. He's a singer-songwriter, currently based in Thailand, and uh, we've been chatting with him today. Uh, Douglas, you know, we, like, we try to cover a lot of stuff each time we have these interviews. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we have yet to have a chance to talk about? Uh, no. <laughs> How's that for an answer? <laughs> tell us a little bit about, uh, tell our listeners where they can, if they want to find your music or find out more about you, how do they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is just to go to douglascolemanmusic.com. And from there, you can link to all the social medias, Facebook, Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, Twitter, uh, YouTube. I've got a couple of videos out. Yeah, uh, everything everything goes from there, so that's the easiest place to find me. Nice. Now, when you when we, we talk to so many different artists and, and, and about things about building you know building their brand and building their business and and uh, and getting their name out there and stuff like that, um, some of them work with uh, you know publicists and, and managers and all that kind of things. And, and you, you know you have a producer. Have you uh, have you ha- had the opportunity to work with different uh, publicists or, or managers? And, and and how's that worked for you? They've been able to get you help help you get promoted. Well, uh, certainly Lady Lake has uh, been great. I want to say shout-out to uh, Cindy and Jen. I think they're probably listening. And they've been, they've been fantastic. Uh, they hooked me up with you guys and uh, some other radio stations and have been promoting me greatly on uh, Twitter and Facebook. So thanks so much to them. I love working with them. They've got a, a great roster of, of other artists as well, um, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, we uh, we've, we've really actually love. we've actually had a few guests from them, and uh, we love we love working with them. They, you know, as I as I spoke to you earlier, you know, when we were talking, you know, it's a big what helps what helps the, the the amount of listenership per 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 show per guest is uh, you know. The part that the uh, the guest plays, and they do a fantastic job of promoting their uh, their uh, their clients really well. Oh, very professional! I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed working with them. Um, the other the other one is my producer Stuart Epps, who is a legendary producer who I've uh, really had a privilege of working with. He's uh, produced. Oh, God. Elton John, uh, Led Zeppelin. He worked on George Harrison's tribute album. He's worked with Bad Company, Oasis, uh, Robbie Williams, uh, Chris Rhea, just you name it. He's worked with them. And he's done three of my songs. A great guy. He's probably not listening because it's (laughs) London. It's like 10 minutes of five in the morning in London. He's probably sound asleep, but uh, definitely a shout, a shout out to Stuart. And uh, uh, the other song I sent you was... What is it? Uh, what is it? Okay, that one uh, is actually a demo, so excuse the uh, sort of poor quality of the recording. But that one I'm working with a guy in Texas. Uh, his name is Gordon... Von Renthal, and he, uh, this is what we were talking about earlier, where 
uh, he'll send me like the instrumental track and I'll write the uh, lyrics and the tune and uh, sing to it. So that's what this one is, actually. Uh, the other three I did on my own, but this one was a collaboration. So it's just in the, the demo stage now, but I, it, it's a fairly clean demo, so they just wanted to put it out and get an idea of people like the song or not and uh, see how it was going. So that, uh, that's been good. Good. Um, just, just, you mentioned, you just mentioned something and I I thought of something I I wanted to ask you before we went to a break earlier. Um, you know, you talked about sometimes you have the phrases or words and and then you go back and write based on that. Um, do do you, uh, what, wouldn't mostly, do you, did the lyrics come to you earlier uh, in your, in your creative process uh, on a regular basis or, um, do you come up with the the hooks or little little musical gems? Uh, does the music come, or is it? Does it just depend on the, the song and the, the day of the week or whatever? Well, um, most of the time, I, I start with lyrics because it, it's uh, like I get an idea for a story or, or something, and I'll just write it out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take it to the piano and sort of format it. Okay. So I think for the most part, it's it's lyrics that I start with. Um, it's sometimes I get a tune in my head, but not as often. I think more often it's lyrics. And like I said, it could be just one little phrase, or it could be just a concept, uh, a story I want to tell, an idea, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. I think lyrics more than than melody. Oh. If you, uh, you know, you 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 you, you traveled a you traveled a unique path. You were you were making your music. Uh, you went like you said. You went in the corporate world for for a great number of years, and then got back into music. If you if you were speaking to your younger self, uh, what would you say? Would you would you say do it the same way you did it, or, or, or any any advice? Uh, hmm. I suppose it's easy to look back on it now and say, damn, I should have stayed. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I suppose I would have stayed. I, I think, you know, and just kept at it because I think something would have happened eventually. Right. I'm not saying that I would have been a great superstar or anything, but I would have had some connection to music you know whether it's been writing or playing in another band or you know because it's all about connection it's all about this step leads you to this step leads you to this step blah 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 but what happened was i went you know two or three runs up the ladder and then just jumped off (laughs) (laughs) i didn't keep going up you know so it's hard to say what would have happened. You know, I mean, the industry changed so much from that period on because that was just when MTV was starting. Right. You know, and from then on, it just exploded to to a completely different uh, a different scene than what it was before that. Yeah. Uh, and then when the internet came, it just shot it up into the space. You know. Yeah. 
when we've you know we, we we ask that question a lot and and it's 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 interesting because you know sometimes people say you know what life experience plays a plays a big deal and and what i'm doing now and and i think there's no there's no right way or wrong way and, and it's an it's an individual basis and an individual answer and they're all they're all right i mean you you know if, if people think well maybe i should have done this or should have done that but you know, I think uh, you can look at it uh, so many different ways, and, and like like I said, we, you know, Peter and I were talking. We, we've talked to people who say, you know what, I, I got to, I got this far in the beginning and, and whatnot, but then I, I got all this life experience uh, behind me, and the stuff I'm doing now really speaks to that. So it's interesting. It's a question I like to ask, and, and I'm always interested in what people's responses are. I think I think having a great deal of regret is a bad idea. Oh, absolutely. I think there's just baggage that I don't I don't need. In my head, you know, okay, so I did 20 years doing something else, blah, 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 blah. But I'm back at it now, and, you know, I'll keep going because it's something I love to do. So it's all right. If I took a detour, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's just how things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, regret's a waste of time, man. You move forward and, uh, and enjoy enjoy the path it took you to get there. That's the way I look at it. Um I yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's next? What's next for Douglas Coleman? Uh, we got a new album coming out, or uh, you know, we you talked about the last one was a dem- uh, the one that's coming up is a demo. Uh, but what's next? Well, I've got a few songs in the works. So it's, um, in fact, my my producer Stuart Epps just sent me uh, a song that has no lyrics to it. And he said, see if you can write some lyrics to it. So I'm going to try that. And I don't know what he's going to do with the song. Um, then I've got a couple of songs that I'm working with uh, with Gordon. And those are keeping me busy. Nice. And then uh, hopefully I'll keep writing more. Uh, I, I kind of like this working with the collaboration right now because... Stuff comes at me through the internet, and I, I can just pick up and go. Right. You know, so I think I'll keep doing that for this year, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'd like to get my songs into a, a movie or a TV show or a commercial or something. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. Right. Is to get them published and get them, you know, into something like that. Get some kind of a sync license deal. That would be nice. That would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have no plans to perform, uh, like I said, because I don't have a band. So no plans to do that this year. But uh, just keep plugging away at the writing, I think. Excellent. Well, Douglas, I want to thank you for joining us here on Swoops World, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, and the best of luck to you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Enjoy myself. All right. You have a great day, man. Okay, take care. Take care. Douglas Coleman, uh, you can check him out. You can go to our page uh, right there at com, and and there's a link to his website, and you can go there and find everything you want to need to know about him, all his uh, Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, Facebook, all that kind of good stuff. It's linked right there on his uh, website. This is What Is It? Back after this. I made it my choice 
Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake up For at those five caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops Road Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday. Welcome to uh, the most important part of the show, the officially, where we officially drink beer. Um... It's the part we love the best. <laughs> so tonight we're drinking a new one. I, I'm not familiar with this. Have you heard of a no? This is totally new no, to you. Not at all. All right, I, I'm liking the name. Boner's mm. going to be uh, a little upset. He missed this one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Liqua liquamentum, as in like momentum, liquid liquamentum. I think is the is the play that they're working for. Uh, it's Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company. And uh, it's their double down Davy Brown. <laughs> What's that? It's not alliteration. That's uh, what's the other one? I don't know. Anyhow, see, that's where T Bones is. He, yeah, that's he, he, I know. Like, that's that's uh, anyhow, double down Davy Brown. Here's what they have to say about their own brew. Davy Brown Ale has been one of our best sellers and award winners for some years now. More than that, it's one of our favorite beers. One of our one of our favorite beers to brew, to drink, and to share with family and friends. We love this beer so much that we did what any appreciative brewery would do. Double mashed it and bourbon barrel aged it. This double strength version of our beloved brown ale has all the qualities of the standard plus the sherry red fruit sherry slash red fruit overtones of aging and a subtle undertone of American bourbon. I don't know about that because I'm not a big bourbon fan. But otherwise, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's a 10.7% alcohol, which is huge for a brown ale. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big beer anyhow. But for a brown, that's huge. So uh, there you have it. Figueroa Brewing Company is uh, – did we see where they were? I didn't see where they were. I think it's on the bottom of the front. It's Figaro Mountain Brewing Company. So Swoop there will figure out uh, where well, they are located. Uh, let's see. Yeah. There you have it. So once he comes up with that, we'll do a official tasting stuff here. We must, have, we must have tasted something they've had. Didn't we have we had one? Yeah. Oh yeah, we we did. They're, uh, Is that they're, just last week? They're, they're they're in Central California. It's at, well, they're in Santa Barbara. They're in okay. Santa Barbara. The other one was Buellton. Are they in uh, Buellton? No, these guys are definitely in Santa Barbara. 
Who did we have? We had one of their others recently. Yes, we did. We have to start writing this shit down. I know. (laughs) Somebody's going to think we're alcoholics. Huh? How dare they? Yeah. Uh, So judgmental. Uh What do we got here? Figaro Mountain, Dana Fred. I don't see it there. There was something else. uh, We had something by them. It's now it's looking familiar now. This is uh, a totally different label than what we had last time. I know that. This does not look familiar. No. (laughs) All right, I guess we should get to the Uh, the, uh, the official tasting part here. Hang on, hang on. Uh, Oh, see, I'm already nervous because I can smell that bourbon. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Drink bourbon. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's bad whiskey. Salute. Salute. Alcohol. Okay. Um, I like it. Uh, it's a big brown ale, man. It, it, uh, I I know I know you're not a big bourbon fan. Oh uh, no. Um, but it, to me, it, I don't get the I don't get the the big punch of bourbon, but I get a lot of that good uh, caramelly brown ale taste to it, almost like a. Uh, it it kind of coats the tongue, almost like an oatmeal stout. Mm. Um, but it's more of a caramel caramel flavor. I get a little caramel in there, caramel, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, but uh, I like it. I like it a lot, man. I think it's a, I think it's pretty tasty. I think this is undrinkable. <laughs> See, we're gonna be opposite ends of the spectrum on this one. I could tell. Yeah, but this again, you know why? Because it tastes like bourbon. I and I just your palate is way more uh, it's like all that it. sour and uh, it doesn't like it doesn't have that sour oh my god well they even talk about the sourness in here didn't they yeah the, the, the they did which is what, where I started to get nervous um, you get that kind of that lemony uh, yeah. uh, kind of thing <laughs> around there oh. <laughs> this is I don't I'm honestly I'm not I'm not going to be able to finish this which well that's not you that's not you, I, I you don't, don't say so. that often I'll try but you don't I, say I, that often I'm dude. just thinking uh, <laughs> no this is let me put it this way if you're a bourbon drinker fan of bourbon and dark beers this you're gonna love this so i'll give them credit there they they nailed it but i, I just i it's just like it's like smoked beer it's one of those beers i just <laughs> one of those one of those kinds of beers i just i hate i love smoked whiskey you know when you're drinking your, uh, you didn't your scotch the, you didn't go for the uh, stone smoke porter oh goodness no <laughs> i think it's the only one of their beers i just cannot <laughs> i do remember that i remember you saying well, i'm not drinking this i had a bomber of it and i had to pour it down the drain i was almost cried um, this would fall into that category, but yeah, I'll give them props. If if you if that is your cup of tea, if you do like that, and that's it, it's a bit of an odd thing, it's not 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 like your average beer drinkers uh, uh, go to. Uh, but if you like that stuff, if if that's this is it's well done that way. So I don't want to bag. I don't want to sound like they didn't make a bad beer. They just made a, a style of beer you don't I like. just don't like. It's like T-Bone and his Band-Aid flavored uh, Belgian <laughs> stuff. He hates uh, just like automatically. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can drink that, but this is that same sort of category for me. What I uh, I think if you uh, you I think you, <clears throat> you hit something. If you if you do not like bourbon at all, you yeah. won't like this. You can't. You can't. Um, because it definitely, there's definitely bourbon flavor in there. Like it's, it's bourbon. Bourbon's what they put in Manhattan's, right? I don't know. Probably because I don't drink them. I think so. so. There's a good chance that's the case. Um, but um, if you don't like bourbon at all, you, I mean, you you probably won't like it. But uh, I uh, I like I'm liking this, man. I don't know if I would I would, I would drink a whole lot of these. Oh, you're gonna but... be drinking a bomber tonight. <laughs> 
rate alcohol at ten uh, percent Manhattan is it says whiskey. It's whiskey. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm 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 a, I'm gonna give this a six point seven five. All right. Well, if I was drinking this for myself, uh, and you know, like just purely like taste, this would get like a one or a zero, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna evaluate this for what it is as far as like the category, uh, and I, I think it's a well-made beer. I would, in fact, I bet I would love this beer if they hadn't aged it in the bourbon, because the other flavors that I do taste, I'm like digging, and I'm a big big fan of brown ales. So uh, I bet it's a pretty. I, I think it's a well-made beer. It's just just not a flavor I can get down with. So uh, you know that raises it up a little bit just out of respect for uh, producing a, a decent beverage. <laughs> it's not one I like. I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a four and a quarter to make the math easy on that. <laughs> so we got ourselves a five and a yeah, half here. Five and a half, exactly. Uh, T-Bone, I think, I think T-Bone's a bourbon fan. I don't think it's his go-to. I don't think it's his first choice. I don't but think it's definitely he not. probably would like this, I think. Uh, he probably, I know he would have at least enjoyed the opportunity to taste this. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's good, but uh, you know, like I uh, for your birthday, I cooked with some Jack Daniels. What you said, it's the only thing it's good That's for. It's the only thing it's good for. <laughs> I do remember that. That's uh, this this beer kind of falls into that category. Although I think it's a well made beer. It's just not just not one I can do flavor wise. Just doesn't just doesn't work. Doesn't do it for you. Uh, if you were uh, preparing a meal and uh, this was uh, the beer choice of the uh, people who you were catering for, uh, what would you uh, what would you say suggest goes? Well, with if somebody this? told me they love bourbon, you know, and and they would love a beer that tasted like bourbon or had you know bourbon flavors in it, uh, I would probably I don't know. This would be tough. It's such an odd flavor. Uh, it's the sourness go, of it makes it tough. Yeah, it's got to go with some sort of meats, and I'm thinking smoked. Smoked meat. So you know, like a, the... Yeah, like a really smoky uh, tri-tip. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe um, not a sweet, say, ribs. You know, ribs in, with a sweet uh, barbecue sauce, but, but maybe like dry-rubbed ribs on the, on the spicier side of things might go with this. You know, but lots of smoke. I think the smoke would, would help this, would, would go better with this. Uh, Are you talking about like a... Like a... You said tri-tip or something like tri-tip, that. Tri-tip, ribs. Like a, smoke, uh, like a smoky barbecue or just a smoked Either meat? way. It could be either way, but it's probably smoked meat. Yeah, not necessarily uh, the barbecue because of the sweetness yeah, of the barbecue. That's what I'm saying. With, like, with, like bar- with ribs, usually you put barbecue sauce on ribs. So right. if you did a barbecue sauce with the ribs, like a smoky rib flavor, you wouldn't want a sweet rib flavor because the sweet plus this would just be too much. It'd have to be like a more of a spicy uh you know, um, could you, know, you cook with this? You could definitely cook with this. You could marinate with this. Uh, probably get some interesting results. Um, short ribs. You know how they do those, uh, like the short ribs, and they do them sort of like Korean style, yeah, yeah. or they you know, take your pick. You can do Mexican flavors. Yeah, whatever. This might work where you did something kind of like Korean sharp on the sharp, right? Sharp side of it. Not the. Sometimes they get that little sweet. You don't want the sweet. Nothing sweet. Uh, so this would this would go with with the with the uh, the spiciness of it too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you need. I really think this to make this work: smoke and spice, um, and then you know meat. But because you know, like smoked fish, you probably just would just not work at all. I, I so think, yeah, I'm thinking 
smoked meat, um, and nothing. A lot of times, smoked meat ends up with like a barbecue sauce. If you're gonna have a barbecue sauce, it's got to be a sharp, tangy. I think if you, sweet would just be unbearable. But even then, I think. I think Unless you're doing like a sweet and smoke, sour. Uh, yeah, uh, but even then, I think, because this already got sour, I think. Uh, that's what I mean. If you're, if you're trying to create. Yeah. If you're deconstructing sweet and sour meals or whatever, yeah. this would be your sour, and you would have to add some sweet. Yeah, know. but if it's too much, it just overwhelms all. Yeah. Smoked meats with sharp spiciness, that's the way to go with this. Uh, this would be a tough one to pair because it's so big, unique. Flavor. I mean, it almost it almost doesn't taste like a beer. I mean, you know, I mean it's beer, but it is you know that first taste is bourbon. So, <laughs> so there's that. So this and, would be and, a tough and, one. And, and you know, we talk. Isn't there's different types of bourbon? Isn't one type of bourbon called a sour mash bourbon? Yeah. And that's what this is. This this, this yeah. is the sour mash. Yeah. I mean, all bourbon is made with some sort of a mash process. Right. Um, Sour mash whiskey, sour mash is is a bourbon, and they traditionally they use a certain amount of they usually use corn with barley, sometimes wheat, and they literally let the mash go sour. They literally wait to that point where it starts to turn, and and not necessarily bad, but turn. Right. You know, uh, and it's just. You either like it or you don't, and I just don't. I just cannot, <laughs> just cannot do that. It just is just a, a wrong flavor to me. Uh, and then the other thing is to, to balance that sourness, they often add some sort of uh, sweetness in some form, um, some sort of sugary flavor that kind of gets, uh, and that's what bourbon is, is usually is like sweet and a little bit, it's sour with a little bit of sweetness to it. Um Again, if you like it, you like it, and lots of people do. Uh, to me, it's it's just <laughs> un- I love it. I wish, undrinkable. I, I wish Tyvo was here because you took one sip and go, "This is undrinkable." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this like, is only the second time. And I'm like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I don't think it's a bad beer though. I don't. I don't, I don't want to. Well, it's obviously a well made beer. beer. It's, 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 it's they definitely done. A, have done a good job making this beer. Yeah, um, it's 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 a category or a flavor or profile that you yeah. just don't like. I, 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 go, I go back to where T Bone just can't handle that. Uh, those there are certain Belgians I have a tough time with too. Yeah, they, they, they all it's like biting into a friggin' lemon. And this yeah, you, this you would think it's like that. I can get that little queasiness in the in the jaw, <laughs> but it's not as sour as, uh, as some of those uh, some of those. Uh, is it the Saison? Which one? There's one. The Saison sometimes. You know the ones that T-Bone doesn't like the most are actually German. Uh, there's a German, like a Dortmunder. And the German-style wheats tend to have that banana uh-huh. flavor. And that's right. what he doesn't like the most. Uh, some of the Belgian ones have it, too, the Belgian wheats. But generally speaking, the ones he really detests is those... And it's just it's the kind of yeast they use produces that sort of flavor, and it's what's interesting. You know, when you, when you start talking about the, like the Belgian category, there are some Belgians that I think are just, like I like Allagash. I think it's a great makes a great right beer. But, and even uh, I, I've heard it pronounced different ways. I've heard it Lef, I've heard it Lafay, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I like Lef. I'm, um, I'm a big fan. Really good. But then I picked up some other ones. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, the Belgians do some crazy things. They got those sours, which are just 
lambics. They have sours. Right. And then they have lambics, well, which whole, are actually two different there's things. There's a whole category of sours, they right? Ca- yeah. Like, well, there's a couple different categories. And then there's the lambics. It's a separate category. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, and that's the one. The lambics are the ones with all the, like, the peach and the... Peach, cherry. Yeah. Uh, those tend to be the... Yeah, those are just... So they've actually added some amount of fruit juice, um, which beer yeast... Um, has a hard time producing, uh, has a harder time converting that, um, those sugars into alcohol, and you end up with these kind of funky flavors. But not only that, but oftentimes they add fruit fresh, not just the juice. Oh, okay. So then that adds a certain amount of wild yeast. And that's it's when you like get. almost like a sangria at that Yeah, point, that's right? when you get wild. That's when you get some crazy. Because you have the yeast. In fact, sometimes that's how they add the yeast. They don't actually add yeast. They let the, the natural yeast that's on the, the, on the, the fruit, fruit be the yeast that... And that's, so you end up with some that's, crazy That's flavors. a crapshoot there, right? Because how, well, how much is it adding? Is it adding enough? Is they've, it adding? they've figured it out, and they're pretty consistent, you know, because they 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 figured it out. They yeah. figured out which yeast they need to add. Okay. And so they're, they're able to do that. But there was a time period where they didn't know what how that... It was just magic. And uh, and but all the yeast, all the fruit that was grown in a certain area had the same kinds of yeast on it. So that's how it became consistent. Yeah. Later they're like, you know, we can't get, we can't use the fruit from over there because <laughs> not not for the not for the purposes of inoculating, not not for the purposes of adding the yeast because that yeast over there doesn't taste like this yeast over here. Right. So the fruit that we put in here has to be from this area. And and then later they went one step further where they they can actually, you know. Introduce the yeast, uh, pitch the yeast in. They know exactly what it is. They've isolated it. Um, but so as a result, though, you end up with some cr- crazy. And they also they ferment oftentimes open, open vats. Oh really? Which again means the wild yeast just just drop in. Because there. there's like spores, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Which also then means that you know the beer can never ever be like a hundred percent reproduced anywhere else. Right. And because it relies on that which also means that over time that could change it you know uh, subtly change because of introduction of new yeast or reduction of other kinds so the belgian stuff is crazy it's crazy interesting crazy when you talk about you know food and brews and stuff like that i was watching a show the other day one was making cheese and uh then she they actually built they dug into the side of a mountain or something where I forgot what state she's in and because it had all the qualities they wanted and they go in and they put them in there to age Uh and she was talking about the mold on the outside of the thing and how it's a good mold and then it it, it, because of because of the cheese or whatever it it pulls that mold in where you get the the way she was describing it I was kind of figured I was thinking of something like Stilton or blue cheese Mm -hmm. or something yeah the veins and stuff like that and and she was kind of explaining to the person who was, you know, the guy, in the, the woman on the show, how it does that and, and what and what, what flavors it imparts, and because of what they're surrounded by and what the, the the cave that they constructed is, you know, underneath and all this kind of stuff. And I found it very interesting because you know you're talking about when you talk about food and flavors and you, like you're talking about the beers and and the yeast and the sour mash and all this kind of stuff. You know, consistency is a big thing when people want to buy your product, but there's still there's that still 
you know, ebb and flow of what, what can happen, what might, what might not happen, what might happen. Yeah. Just based on the natural order of things, you know. Yeah, I remember reading a story. Now I'm going to remember all the details many, many, many years ago about this company that decided to relocate. This is the middle part of the company's country. So they're, they're moving from, like, Columbus to St. Louis or something like that, or St. Louis to Columbus or something like that. And they were a bread company. And uh, it was like one of those deals where they produced the same bread for over 100 years. And there was just uh, – they needed to upgrade, and there was tax incentives to move to the other state. And so they did, and, you know, million-dollar enterprise and multi-million-dollar enterprise. And in the new place, nothing tasted the same. The bread didn't rise correctly. It didn't produce the same flavors. And it's like they could not figure it out. And then they basically brought some, like, you know, chemist-type guys in here to figure out, like, what's, what's, is there something different with the water? Is there something different with – and what they isolated, because, you know, they put in water softeners and same, you know, blah, blah, blah. what they isolated was they had been in that factory for, like, generations, like 50, 60 years. And the yeast, the airborne yeast – that had developed in that time period had, played a role in the in the rise of the bread and, and then the flavor. So they're like, so we got to move back? <laughs> and they said, well, there's no other way, right? Somebody said, well, how do we get that yeast here? I said, well, you can't because it's, it's a wild yeast native indigenous to that area. They said, well, we can't carry the air here, but the factory is still there. So what they did was they went and they took, tore out the tile off the walls no of this old factory, <laughs> took it and put it in the t these basically tiled over this expensive <laughs> new brand spanking new sterile environment. Hey man, it's, it's, it's and sure enough, ROI man. Sure enough, because you know the yeast was playing on the wall, and even though they hadn't been baking, right, it had, it dried up, it had gone dormant. And once the, the temperatures and everything got going and moisture in the air, blah, 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 and they're like, and sure enough, six months later, they're making bread that tasted identical to what it used to taste. You gotta so, love science, man. Yeah. <laughs> there you have another edition of Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky's, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club, and you can get a box of beers each month. Four different breweries, 12 beers. That's three apiece from each brewery. You can also click on the uh, Brewski tab on the side of the page right here at swoopsrope.com. It's about time to talk to our good friend Anthony Davis, and we're going to be giving him a call in about one minute because yeah, he's always got plenty to chat about. But uh, damn, that's an interesting story there, Peter. Yeah, uh, I wish I knew the name. It was a, <laughs> not like the biggest bakery in the world, nothing, but it was it was big in the region, and they thought they were like they're going to go to the state of the art upgrade <laughs> and they did they did but they did but they had to bring in the old, old school stuff just to <laughs> they make had it work to bring in the old but, you tiles. know you got to give the person who credit who's goes if we do this there's a x number of percentage greater than what we have here yeah. of it working you know and, and making it work let's give AD a call Good evening, and we'd like to uh, welcome to the show, as a regular a member of the show, actually, 
our good friend and five-time All-American, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC. He played in the NFL, the CFL, the WFL, the great, the one and only Anthony Davis. How you doing, man? Doing okay. I don't know about all that greatness, but, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, brother. <laughs> we uh, speak the truth here. <laughs> well, 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 well that's, that's what I try to be. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you on. And, and like I said, you're a regular regular contributor to the show. We, we love it. Let's jump right into it, man. Uh, you know, tomorrow, I believe, is the, the start of the NFL draft. Uh, a lot of kids out there are, are, are worth talking about, and uh, you had uh, indicated to me that there's a kid out of West Virginia named Kevin White that you're pretty high on. Yeah, I'm pretty high on uh, just his attitude, first of all, his mentality, and what I heard, and, and uh, I hope is real based on what he's talking about. But uh, I happened to catch him on ESPN this this week, this past week, and just the fact that you know what he's been through as a kid growing up. And, he, you know, he had to sit out a year, and people don't even really know that. He had to go to junior college. Then he went to just West Virginia. Just just go, just go to show you that there's has talent out there that just never gets that opportunity. You know, he's six foot three. I think he ran a sub four three. I mean, he's, he's a he's a beast in terms of outside. He can play. He can play all the receiver all the receiver positions. But the main thing is what he what he represented. And, and obviously, what he, way he sounds, he came from a very solid family with a father there and uh and that's where he got a support system but you know he, he was uh, a step out of not being where he is today yeah it's interesting because yeah you 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 mentioned him and nobody was talking about him and i always said this many a time you know when you hit me up about him there was, there was very little on him you google his name today man there's all kinds of stuff on this kid uh, uh you know they're expecting him to go kind of high in a the draft they say he's, he's one of those uh He's one of those sleepers that nobody knows about that, that it really has the talent and uh, the ability and uh, should be looked at real closely uh, by these two teams that are uh, looking to select a, a receiver. First of all, if he just go to 10, top 10, this is the, the drafts are farce because, you know, like I've always said, the draft is a crapshoot anyway. I mean, if you look at history, you know, a lot of these top picks you never hear about. You hear you guys about third string, fourth string, fifth fifth round draft choices, free agents want to become superstars in National Football League. But this kid, he deserves to be picked in the top ten. Based on what you see and what he has and his credentials coming out, he deserves to be drafted in the top ten, in my opinion. You know, as somebody who's been there and and, and knows what what it's like, What's it like for a kid? You know, you know, a couple of days before, and, and even the day of the, of the draft, uh, sitting around waiting for that phone call. Uh, you know, you, you've you, you know you've gone through all these stages. You know, a lot of these guys play pop water. They move to the next level. They played high school ball. Uh, colleges start coming after them, uh, and then, you know they they do the whole letter of intent thing. They go to a college, go to a university. They play some good years there, and now it's the next phase. And, and now you're, you're you're hoping to get drafted. Um, what's that anticipation like, man? Well, first of all, I mean, you know, you talk about, talk about the day versus my day. It wasn't like that. You know, this is more glamorous. This is more showtime. There's a lot of hype. wasn't any hype in my day. Matter of fact, there was no combine in my day. All they did was come out and marry you, hide, man, to 40, and that was it. I mean, I, I, I'm basically what, what you saw on screen and on, on tape is how basically I was basically drafted. Uh-huh. You know, you know you, 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 we, didn't, we didn't have no clue where we were going. You know, a few teams came out to, 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 uh, to, 
test us physically. It was nothing like it is today. So the, our anticipation is totally different from uh, what what it is today. Now, based on what how I was and how it was me coming out, well, people had an idea I'd be in the first round, second, somewhere like that. We all knew that. But now these guys pretty much know where they're going because of all, you know, the testing and the people talk like you're talking about uh, uh, Marietta and, uh, and Jameis Winston. We, they pretty much know where they're going to be. They're going to be the top three picks anyway, as we know, or, or maybe the top ten picks, okay? Right. And with all the testing, the Gruden camp you see on TV, this and that, you, they pretty much know where they're projected. Now, the surprise thing about the, the, the draft and stuff, some of these projections are whacked out. Some people are supposed to be the, the top ten. Some of these uh, male Kuipers and stuff who they think is going to be in the top ten. The bottom line is you can throw that out throw that out because some of those guys don't even get drafted into the bottom ten or the bottom third in the first round. So don't the difference between today and my day, we didn't know anything. These guys have an idea. There's so much hype to it. You can get these pre-deals and they get these agents. Some of these guys are signing endorsement deals. They're making more money than we ever made in our career. Wow. <laughs> you know, you so, I mean, go ahead. It's a, so it's just a lot of hype now. It's just a lot of you know fanfare and hype, which is good for the kid and, and, and it creates tension and stuff. But it's more Hollywood to it today, you know, versus my day. You know, you mentioned a couple names there, and, and, and I want to get your opinion on this because uh, I have my opinion. Uh, we hear what the Mel Kuyper say and the John Gruden say and stuff like that. And personally, personally, I, I, I find that what John Gruden uh, says, especially that quarterback camp and stuff like that, to me it carries some clout. Uh, he seems, you know, he, you know, I've, I've watched him over the years. Uh, you know, he was a coach uh, in, in the NFL. He, he's, he's won Super Bowls. He's done some things. I watch him evaluate these kids. I watch what he has to say to these kids. And to me, when he when he makes a when he makes a prediction or something, it carries a lot of weight. There's other people out there that are saying things, whatnot, and it might as well just me and, P, me and Peter sitting here saying things. And and uh, as, I don't know what the weight that carries. I mean, I know we are intelligent, brilliant individuals, but you know what I'm saying is, uh, you know, as as somebody who who's, who played the game, who studied as a student of the game, uh, and you hear all these guys on, on all these different uh, uh, talk shows and, and uh, you know all the pundits and stuff. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do, you, do some guys carry a lot more weight than others, or do you just think they're all, you know? Well, first of all, I don't really listen. First of all, you didn't, if you didn't play the game and you didn't play the game in a high level like I did and these other I don't put too much credence on it. Either they're getting information from people who played the game. I look, I listen to a guy like Gruden. I'm interested to hear what he has to say because he was a coach. He was in the NFL. He did work with some high, high, you know, high talent in the National Football League, and, he, and he's, he's the scene Division One. So he has a lot of credibility. Some of these people I question, but I believe if you hear a lot of these guys talking, I believe they're getting information from guys like Gruden and general managers and guys who played the game. I put more credence. I have more respect for guys who played the game on their on all in a high level, and they've been there. But you know, when these other guys start talking, I mean, you could be a student to an extent. But if you haven't played the game and put the helmet on and pads and go out there and had to grind, you know you. You're secondary. You know, I listen to the Grudens. I listen to the, to the Shulas, you know, and the guys who've been there. And, and guys who, guys who've played the game. It's a whole big. It's a, it's a different. It's a different. It's a whole different deal. And a lot of these guys run their mouths and stuff and project and projection. You know, I mean, to me, I take that with a grain of salt. You know, 
And, he, and even the guys who have played the game, they will tell you that if, if, if a ball player doesn't go to the right system, the right team, the right pieces, you can be, you can be, you can be Hercules and, and you won't perform. Right. So, so they'll all tell you that. In football in particular, if you don't have the pieces around you and go to the city where you're going to make you click, you can, you can be buried as a team. And, for example, just because you're drafting the first round doesn't mean you're just going to be successful. And you can be drafting the sixth round. You win six. You can go to six Super Bowls. Tom Grady, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, so I'm just saying you. And I always refer back to that because that is my example. It all depends where you end up. You know, bearing injury and all this kind of stuff. Anything, everything is timing, right place, right time, right coach, right organization. You know, a lot of these guys say, "Well, he's this, he's that, blah blah blah." Hey guys, he's got to go to the right place. You see, you got to go to the right place. Right. You know, I mean, you know, if you if you go to the wrong team, and, and I'm the prime example of that. Yeah, I ended up in Tampa Bay, 26. What if I end up in Dallas or Pittsburgh or the Oakland Raiders in those years? I got two Super Bowl rings on my hand. Right. Okay, so it depends on where you are, and I can name you other guys who who are great ball players, great pedigree. You never heard about them at all. You faded away, faded away in the sunset. So that's that. That is the key too especially when it comes to foot, pro football. Now, if you're playing baseball one-on-one with that pitcher, you can have the worst record in the world. But if you're, putting, if you're hitting over 300 and you're hitting 30 home runs and you're having 30 stolen bases and whatever and playing great defense, well, see, you, your team might win, but you would be successful individually. Right. The, same goes with, the same goes with the NBA. You know, you can get your butt kicked, but you can be a great ball player. But in football, you can, be, you can run a t- 10 flat 100 meters. You can be 225 pounds. You'd be six foot two, but if you're not, if you don't have that offensive line, if you don't have that those, that receiving core, and that that quarterback can get it there and a system around those pieces, I don't care who you are, you're not going to perform. What, what what you know when we we, we talk about you know we, we kind of mention you know the different levels of these these guys go, go through throughout their careers, uh, and you're you're right, it's it's, it's, it's the system is is a huge thing. Um, but as a young kid, a young rookie, uh, walking on, uh, you know, you're seeing guys that you, you, you've admired over the last number of years. Right. Uh, right. The nerves, uh, you, know, it, you know, you talk about guys who, who go early and then fiddle out. Maybe they're in the wrong system. Uh, we, we talk about some guys who look like they, you know, they were great, they were great at this level, but then all of a sudden they, they, they step to the next level and it doesn't look like they, uh, they get it all together. Uh, you know, if you're talking to a young guy now who uh, – Who's getting drafted? Uh, and a lot of these guys have a tendency to get the, get drafted, and they're going to party till till they have to show up for camp. And uh, you know the other guys. You know, I was watching a, a thirty for thirty recently, and, and it's uh, it was on Bo Jackson, and which mirrors what you what you did in, in, in the, at the university level. Um, but the guys, he worked. He worked hard. He worked on his body. He worked on his game at every level. Uh, and when a lot of the times these days, all we hear about is a lot of we hear a lot about the mm-hmm. negatives. Uh, you know, guys are you know partying and this, that, and the other. Uh, you, you got a young kid; he gets drafted. What do you what do you tell him? What do you sit down and tell him? If you, you, you have one on one with Anthony Davis, what, what's Anthony Davis going to say to this young guy? First, first of all, first of all, I'm going to tell him is I said first of all, depending on what round you go in, you go in the first round, you're going to get that guaranteed money. Okay, and if you go and, and just and just hope you go to a team. Where a coach will know your talent, know how to play you, and, and and have it where they can work you in with all the pieces. That's number one. Number two, you gotta work hard. 
Number two, number three, you can't hang out in the streets. Okay. Number four, you got to watch who you hang around with. Okay. I, I was called Teflon when I was because I really didn't hang with a lot of the guys. I played ball, went home. Well, whatever I did, went back to my place, depending on where I was, what city I was in. Right. The bottom line is, I would tell them you have to be a link. You got the the, the organization has to know that you're going to be a, a be a face and you're going to represent the team, and represent the league. And that's what I would tell the guy. And you got to be really, really focused. And the first thing with a team you go to, you got to get involved academically with their system. Okay, you got to find out where you're going to play. How you gonna face it and play into that system, and how you gonna get along with your coach, especially your offensive or defensive coaches and your coordinator. So those are the things that I would sit down and have a serious talk with. Because when you first come in the league, you got to get acclimated to the league. The game's a little faster, and if you already have the natural born speed, you just if you're fast, you just blend it, blend, blend it with the faster people. But the but the but the next level is at many the coming into the game is very academic. You got to learn that book, and you just got to learn the little tricks. Of the game, and then you and if, and if I'm a young guy coming in, what I would do, I would gravitate to these to these veterans, and veterans like helping young guys, and especially if they know you're talented and you're eager to learn. They'll lay out the red carpet for you. Yeah, that's that's some serious stuff, man. And and, 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 and you know what? I, I hope there's some people out there who are listening and, and take that to heart because uh, you know they like to see these guys succeed. You know, you know, it's a lot of a lot of work over the years and. And getting to that level, and uh, few people have that opportunity, so uh, take full advantage of it. Especially today, with the kind of money they're paying these guys, especially if you're in the first two rounds, I and mean, that's, you know, that's serious money. You know, what I mean, you're not going, you're not going to make that money on a regular job unless you were born a silver spoon in your mouth, or you step into, you, you, you step into a gold mine. But most, at the most part, most of these guys don't have this. So when you have an opportunity to play in this game and make this money, especially football, that that game is is a high level. Impact, dangerous game, and so whatever you get, you better put it away and make make the best of it. And the sad thing about it, a lot of these guys, people gravitate. There, there's bad characters out there who gravitate to these young kids to exploit them, and use them, and, and exploit and rob them of their monies and stuff. And I can tell, you, I'm one of the, I was a victim of it as well. But that's the reason why I can talk, you know, strongly about this. So you got to be prepared on and off the field. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I know you're a, you're a man of many uh, many many enjoyments, and, and you, you watch a lot of sports. And uh, we're talking a Saturday night, a big night. Uh, you know, a good friend of yours, a good friend of mine, and a good friend of ours is uh, Bob Case, who uh, who's big in the boxing world. And we've got a big boxing match coming up this week: uh, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Um, you, you got any you got any thoughts on that fight coming up? Well. You know, you know, as much as I know the game, you know, and of course, I just want you to know, you know, Muhammad Ali was my idol, and I liked him because of what he represented out of, out of the ring, not in the ring. So they're foremost. That is the guy, and he, and he is what boxing me. He, he's he set the standard for boxing. <clears throat> and I've heard different comments about how Mayweather considers himself the greatest of all time. Well, I mean, you can laugh at that, but that's not the truth. But I mean, he might be he, he might be a, def- a defensive magician, but I mean, but he's not no Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is, this fight this weekend uh, is a lot of hype, a lot of money. I mean, these guys are making up 150 plus million bucks a piece in this bout, so the money is crazy. Uh, it's definitely probably be the biggest payday in, in, in uh, boxing history. But when it comes down to Pacquiao, to me, I believe Mayweather should have fought this man before he started having that. That knockout to me took a lot out. When he got knocked out. 
that took a lot of win out of this this fight in terms of Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? Because you, if you look back years, when you look at the Ali Frazier fights, you didn't you didn't get you didn't see them get knocked out and gone put to sleep like that. When he got put to sleep before this fight, to me that took a lot. They should have had that before that. If he'd have been knocked out the way he got knocked before, what's the guy named Cotto that knocked him out? Is that who he is? Uh, I'd have to check it out. <laughs> Whoever that was to put him to sleep. The bottom line is, I wish that they would have had that, that, this fight now before he got knocked out. To me, personally, that took a little bit away from me in terms of anticipation of a great fight. Now, now if, in my opinion, if Pacquiao beats Mayweather the way Pacquiao got knocked out, well, a lot of what people are going to say, well, uh, Mayweather, you were you were running from Pacquiao, and uh, and if this man knocks you out, <laughs> that means people going people going to question your thirty seven and zero. In my opinion, yeah. Okay, the fact that you now people think that you've been ducking him, if the man does beat Mayweather, and the people say, well, that's the reason why, because he was a better fighter. But that, but to me, that takes a lot away from the fight game because the way Pacquiao he he had some some losses and he got knocked out. Yeah, I'd love by, to see. Uh, looks like it was by uh, Juan Manuel Mar- Marquez. Marquez. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. The thing, you know, it'd be you know, it'd be a real nice fight if they were both undefeated. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, 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 but the thing is, that's not the case. And a lot of people are saying that a lot of people are saying that 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 the opponents that Mayweather has been fighting over the last especially last seven years were not as tough as the components that Pacquiao fought. So, in my opinion, it's anybody's fight. That's how I'm looking at it. People that are saying Mayweather's going to win it. Some people are going to say Pacquiao's going to win it. But in my opinion, it's anybody's fight. I'm with you on that, man. I call it too close to call, actually, man. It's just they're both, uh, they both have the ability to, uh, to knock each other out. They both have the ability to go to distance. And, and to me, uh, it's, it's, it's a fight that we've been waiting for for a long time, but I think it's, it's too close to call. But let me say this to you, though. But let me say this to you. If Mayweather beats this man up, and if Mayweather knocks him out, then they'll say that Mayweather, Mayweather will come out smelling like a rose, and he was coming out he'll let the, then the public know. I wasn't running for him. For, I wasn't running from Pacquiao. I just letting you people know that he wasn't worth my time. That's if he knocks him out, and if it's and if it's if, and if it's too close, like we said, to call, then you know, the, the, we will know then too. But if he knocks Pacquiao out, and if Pacquiao knocks him out, a lot of people are going to say his thirty-seven hole was not what it really is because he was fighting some chumps. See, it's, it's going to be a lot of questions asked after that, one way or the other. But I tell you, if Mayweather, if he knocks him out. Mayweather be standing like the king and saying, didn't I tell you people? You got to tell me, you know, I've been ducking and dodging. He wasn't even worthy of me getting in the ring. That's if he knocks him out and beat him decisively. Right. Well, I'm interested in watching this fight, and I'm going to see what happens. And, and, and next week we'll, uh, we'll talk about the results. I know you follow a, a variety of sports, like I just said, and, uh, and, and we, we, we have talked golf uh, previously. Uh, one of the guys that I followed uh, when I first started playing golf as a kid uh, was Calvin Pete. Uh, and Calvin Pete right. died today. Uh, for those who don't know, he, 
Right. Uh, he, he's, he's, he was one of the early early uh, black golfers. Uh, you know, that, that got in. That got in and played in the, and played in the PGA, and uh, he died at seventy one. And uh, did you did you ever follow? Uh, I, I followed Casper. Did you follow his career at all? Yeah, I followed. I I, I, I knew that. I knew he that look in his day. Hey, look, look. This man lived in Jim Crow. This man couldn't even get on golf courses. This man came through right right on the tail end of Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Bill Russell and all these guys, okay? He was the next generation. And I'm telling you, this guy didn't have the opportunity these other guys have. He set the standard. That's what I had a lot of, that's what I had a lot of respect for Mr. Pete, okay? And it's sad he's passed away and much too young as far as I'm concerned. Because you know, I'm right behind him myself. But the bottom line is, this guy was a great golfer, but did not have the opportunity. And see, and one thing that I always state about when I talk about people like him is that, and I want these listeners to understand what I'm telling them, is that there was no opportunity then. Okay? Don't make that clear. The 50s and 60s and 70s was not a lot of opportunity for black athletes. That's why I try to talk about these athletes today. Know your history. Know who's paved the way. This man paved the way for the Tiger Woods. Okay? Period. He's going to be missed, and he's one of the best, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, he was, uh, he, he, was he, he, he proved himself for, for a lot of years, and uh, like they said, prior to Tiger Woods, he was the most successful African-American golfer to ever play in the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, he, he was born born in Detroit, and uh, he, he, you know, he, he did a lot. I remember, I remember watching him uh, play in, in those early years. You know, uh, he played. He was on the. He made it to the Ryder Cup teams in the eighties, and and uh, you know, it was one of those guys. That, you know, when you're when you're young and and you and you're, you're learning the game, and and they, you know, he was. I think they would call him Mr. Accuracy because he he was he was so accurate on the course. So. You know, he uh, he played a big role. Like you said, he did pave the way for, for a lot of these youngsters that are out there now. Absolutely. you got to remember one thing. you got to remember one thing. For every for every Mr. Pete, and I'm calling him Mr. Pete, there was a lot more they could have played. They didn't get the opportunity. That's in all sports in America. And that's a sad chapter in our American history. And I want everybody to hear what I'm saying. It's a sad chapter in American history that you had great players who didn't have an opportunity to play because it's cut of their skin and all that. That's that's terrible. And I'm gonna keep iterating that until the day I leave this earth. Okay, I played in the period. Can you imagine if I played in this period and he played today? Can you imagine what he the impact he could have made? Yeah. So I'm just saying, so just remember, we played in the period and he played in the period when he couldn't go to a golf course. He couldn't go up to Augusta yeah. and play. So I'm just saying, you, he's a, he's a trailblazer. You know, that's why I say some of these guys are they're counterfeit. You ain't real. You you, you know, you, you're nothing. <laughs> the real horses, the real horses, were 40, 50 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're the one. We're the one was hard doing the harvesting. We were the one taking all the crap. Ad, you you never you never hold back, man. That's what I that's what I love about chatting with you because it gets right to the point. And and what and what's interesting is is like we talked about a couple weeks ago, is a lot of these young young players of all races are have seem to be squandering their opportunities that have have been made for them 
in all sports that people have paved the way for. And and I don't know, uh, you know, it's 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 not something that's on a, on a great scale, but it's something that's consist on a consistent level. And you kind of wonder what what are these guys thinking? And first of all, they have an opportunity to do something that they actually truly love, that they've ever that they've been able to do all of their lives. Most people who talk about a job they love is a job they they get the first opportunity to do after they you know graduated from college or something like that. You know, and, you know, most athletes are doing a job that they love that they've been doing their entire lives. And why squander when you finally get to the big dance? Absolutely, that's something that gets that kills me. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was doing something. Man, I, I was doing nothing compared to what these kids have today. Yeah. You talking about you, some of these guys make more, made more money than I did, just on just 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 coming out of school with an endorsement deal, right? Before they even get drafted, they get paid, got more money than I ever made. And these guys are swanning that away. I mean, how can you how can you walk the streets at twelve, one, and three o'clock in the morning knowing you're getting five to ten million dollars a year playing the game that you love? And you're gonna be caught out curfew, and you're gonna get your you're gonna you're gonna get your your leg busted or whatever hanging out in some nightclub at three in the morning. It's amazing. Or, 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 or you're gonna be slapping some woman around, slapping her on on guns and something. You're gonna get kicked out of games for ten games. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous, brother. Let's let's give let's... me something to give me something to smoke. <laughs> yes, that's stupid. <laughs> Yeah, true that, man. True that. Let's let's talk about baseball real quick. Uh, All right. Uh, you played you played baseball. You're a big fan of baseball. Uh, the, you know the season has started. Uh, anybody out there that says really uh, you, you really got got a good eye on you? You think is uh, looking good? Has has a lot of great potential? No, the only thing I like to see they put it all together is like the Dodgers. I like to see Quick put it together with the Dodgers. I mean, he's a big, strong, powerful, a lot of speed. He's a five star. He's a five uh, far as five star player. I'd like to see this new group of the Dodgers put a good product on the field. I'd like to see them win the championship because they have the talent to do it. Yeah. I, I, I disagree with you know them getting rid of Matt Kemp, but but the bottom line is I like to see. I, I like Quig still. You know, that's the one I like. That's uh, that's Peter's team, and, and 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 I'm sure he's got a lot to say in that. He he he's talked about Puig a, a number of times, and 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 yeah, they did get rid, get rid of Kemp. They, I mean, they only moved him down to San Diego. You think they had moved him out of the division? and You're going to get rid of a guy like that, but. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the Dodgers do have a lot of potential. Uh, they, they 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 seem to struggle with the Giants. Uh, hmm. It's a consistent thing that's been going on for since they were both in New York, I think. But uh, um, but they uh, they do have a lot of potential. They had a kid there today that they were talking about that I've never heard of. They're moving him from the uh, the eighth spot to leadoff. Hmm. Um, but uh, Peterson. yeah, that's his name, Peterson. But they they, they do look like they uh, they, get, they got a, they got a good thing going this year. Well, yeah, I mean they they do. I mean, but 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 the nemesis in the division is going to be San Francisco. Bumgarner, that 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 big left-hander. That's a beast, man. I mean, man. I mean he's a beast. So I mean, that's 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 the anchor of of their rotation. So that's the team to beat in the West. That's it for them. I mean, San Francisco still the team. I mean, you know, you they lost the Panda at third base, but the bottom line is they still have the nucleus of the team to still be the team. You have to beat them. You got to go through San Francisco. As far as I'm concerned, and don't get well, me wrong. Now, the Dodgers, Dodgers got to the, 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 worry about the Padres too, because the, the, the Padres they've got decent pitching, and they loaded up on some bats, including Kemp, who I personally think is going to have the best year of his career next to his uh, his MVP year that he didn't get. Right. Um, I think he's going to kill it. I think he's going to kill it. As far as I'm Justin concerned, Upton as far as... and some other big bat. As a point is. is 
Here's a former player who could have played in the major leagues, okay? That was, to me, that was a mistake getting rid of Kemp. They, they, that, 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 they to me, that they're going to they're gonna miss him, and that could haunt them. Especially being in division, like you like you said. Yeah, well, in division, that's just. I mean, bad. You, you know, I mean, that's you don't even form, do that. I'm, not, I'm just saying, you don't even do that. You you get him you get him out of division, and maybe you might meet him in the World Series or a playoff. Right. But the bottom line is, but you you got him in the division. And they didn't and get much for it. him, really. I mean, no. And he, uh, and he's healthy Osmani now. Grandal is. He's an improvement uh, offensively uh, over AJ Ellis. But AJ Ellis calls a much better game, so that's kind of a wash you know, in the catcher position. So they really, I think they. Sh- I mean, I know he had a big contract and all that, but I one they should have sent him out of the division, preferably out of the league, uh, and two they should have got more for him. I think the Dodgers dropped the ball on that for certain. First of all, this this is this is this would be my outfit if I'm the Dodgers. I would have Crawford because of his speed and his defense. You worry about us hitting a little bit. I would have Quig in center. I put I, I, I would put Kemp in right. That'd have been my outfit. That'd have been my outfit. I, I would Quig because he can cover a lot of ground, and I was a center fielder, so I, I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of that speed that I had with him. That'd have been my outfield right there. Yeah, but you one of the up, reasons. You everything. Because you got to remember. Reason... You got to remember the Dodgers last year had the the fast. They had the best team speed in, in all the majors. Yeah. Team speed. Yeah, they got they rid of D. Gordon though. That hurt. Speed wise, yeah. anyhow. Yeah, so so I'm just saying, you know, you know, that was a mistake because no, I don't see a big placement for Kemp. They don't have any replacement for Kemp. Well, that's that's who Jock Peterson's supposed to be, and I, I'm not, you know, jury's still out. But uh, you got to show me. Yeah, one of the reasons why they got rid of him <laughs> was because Jock Peterson uh, was supposed to be that guy, and I know from his uh, his Triple I mean, he. He hit something like 340, 30 home runs, and and this isn't a season that only runs. It, it's not. A, it's like 140 games, 120 games. So yeah. he he could be, but that's a lot of pressure on a rookie guy, right? This is his first full season playing center field, no less. I don't know. Like I said, I think they. Uh, I would have rather seen him ease him in and ease Kemp out as opposed to the way they did it, but. Well, oh I mean, you know, I think I think bring them all up, put somebody else on the bench and have them have them all there, because down the stretch you're gonna need somebody like that. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. If Kemp uh, hits 20 plus home runs, somebody's gonna have egg on their face. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You I think so I think I'm, you can easily so expect 30 from him this year. I think yeah, I really do. The thing is, you know, you you ain't projecting out right, but you know, I'm you know, I mean, I, I know talent. So I'm just saying, and I played the game, so, I, so I, I'm authority on talking about it. That was a mistake sending him down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. That's a big mistake. They should have brought this kid up, you know, and, and you know, if you're going to look pound for pound, who has the best talent in the, long, the long-term stuff, you look at him and Ethier. So, you know, so I don't know what their thinking was. Maybe, maybe it's a business deal, maybe the money. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I don't know that part. Yeah, but I'm going to make a What I'm going to do, I'm going to keep those three guys. The core guys will be Crawford, Quig, and Kemp, and whoever you bring, and then you let them move it, move him in, and gradually move somebody out. But yeah. don't get rid of him because I think the man's still very productive. Yeah, and if Jacques Peterson is the monster super player that they think he's going to be, uh, who's the weak link there between Puig, 
Kemp and Crawford. Crawford's the weaker link. He can't. He's well, not as good a fielder. Uh, so that's the guy you get. You, well, you know, you, know you place you replace him with, right? You don't get rid of well, Kemp. Well, the thing is, you tied him with contract. Then you also you got to you got to look at the contractual stuff, the kind of right. money, and then that's what you got to do. But bottom, I bring all of them up. Yeah, I don't get. I, I bring them up, and, and what I would do, I'll decide between the Crawford, not Quig, possibly Kemp, and the easy. It'll be those five guys. Yeah. Yeah, and Ether's having a good year filling in here and there, so right, give him right. credit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was an odd. I I was very. I wasn't surprised that they moved him because they had talked about it quite a bit, you know. So I saw that kind of coming. But my goodness, to the to the Padres. I mean, you might as well have given them to the Giants, right? I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> you gotta, but you got to remember, you know, big with with sports this, these days and the kind of money they pay these guys. It, it you know it could be a combination of money. Contractual thing, yeah. Also, the, the guy that they brought up. I mean, you know, because he, he's going to be vulnerable because somebody can get, get grab him. Yeah. But I just say, hey, you bring them all up, and, and you find out who's going to be your, your offense, your offense, and you 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 just weed them out. And I do know and that they, they got another like a player to be named later, and so you know you never know how that works out, right? Like, I'm sure know. they know who it is. They're just not telling us. So that guy might be spectacular too. Who who knows Absolutely. for certain? Uh, but it did on the face of it seem like. Uh, seemed like the Dodgers got hoodwinked. Seemed like uh, definitely seemed like the Padres pulled a fast one there. I thought, uh, at least short term. Who knows? Long term, you you never know. Well, you know, but the, 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 you know, the money these fans, these guys, um, they, maybe they're trying to get them off the books. You just never know. Yeah. You never know what's going on internally and stuff. But just on the face of it, and I'm just getting into benefit of the doubt. But on the face of it, I'm look, I'm looking at it from a ball player who, who could have played the game, and also looking at the ball and the nose talent. I just think I didn't, I didn't see the logic of moving him like that, and then moving him in the division like that. Yeah, I just thought, hey, bring every, bring your guy up in AAA, have them all there, and just weed whoever it is out. Then then you really know who's who, who's, who's your strength. But far as I'm concerned, last year, even with Crawford, they had the best team speed in the league, all of baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you feel about the uh, you know the the additions at second and short, uh, uh, Kendrick and Rollins? Uh, did you like those moves, or? And I tell the jury still out because Henry yeah. Ramirez, he still he he still got he, he got he put up good numbers. Yeah, and he still had some home run punch. But he was a free yeah. agent. I he 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 wanted to get big bucks. I could see why they didn't sign him with his injuries that he had. Um, yeah. I, I could see that, but I, I think uh, I've been happy with uh, Rollins and Kendrick at least from a defensive <clears throat> excuse me a defensive right. point of view, and right. Kendrick offensively is. Has shown up. Rollins is uh, he had a good little start there, but he's he's moved into he, a bit of a slump. It seems like, but I'm well, sure he'll come out of it. He's a, he's a classy player. Well, you know, you know, I like all those guys too. But the thing is, in, in sport and everything else, in team philosophy and coaching, it's how those pieces work. And it takes a little time, but you know, it's, it's going to take a little time. Yeah, get everybody on the same page. And I, I think in the West, it's going to come down to the Dodgers. And the Giants, and it's an outside thing with the Padres. That's my prediction. And uh, but the team you still have to beat in the division is San Francisco. So everything's out, and you never know. And it was a crapshoot. Barton, this is a crapshoot. You don't really know what's going to go. You don't really know who's, what's going to happen. Yeah. And, 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 and the only thing you can say, Especially if the pitching's not there, if the pitching's not there, if the Dodgers, you forget it. Yeah. If the Do- if the Giants do what they did from a pitching staff standpoint, they're going to be right back there again. Yeah, so both those teams are are susceptible in that you know you know uh, pitching is 
on paper, they've got good people, but they've had some injuries. I even look at the right. Dodgers. they got Kershaw and Granke are looking good, but... Granke Ryu, pitched tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, Ryu's, he's still pitching, I believe. Ryu, Ryu's hurt. And then McCarthy, he's having a, he's having Tommy John surgery. And yep. Anderson is... I, don't, I was not happy that they brought that guy on. To me, he's a bust. So when you really look at it, at least right now, the Dodgers got a one and a two. After Ooh. that, it's... Anybody, it could be. It's just that's a frightening thing, and it, this is a team that, generally speaking, doesn't put up a lot of runs either. So you need some quality starts there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I, you know, I agree. I'm not gonna go against you on that. Looks <laughs> like the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers are. Uh, it just, it just, it just that you know. Uh, my thing is, all the three people that I know just, just not, not from the pitching standpoint, from the defensive side of the Dodgers and even with, with their offense, those those outfielders, I'll come back to that, is that at one time in their career they proved themselves. Yeah. And so that's the reason why they paid them the money they did. So I'm saying, if you're going to pay that money, you need to ride that money. And then, you, you know what I'm saying? That, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. But I don't know their business. I don't know their business structure. I don't know how their payroll is. But it, but a lot of it had to play into that. It's like you said to Huntley. Well, he wanted bigger dollars, and so uh, we'll see. That's a shame because he seemed like a good fit. He seemed like a really good fit with the team and, and in the city in general. Right. Ad, uh, let's 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 head on to our last subject of the night. Uh, you know, your alma mater. They got a you know uh, they they got what do you call it? Spring season or whatever spring training type of thing. Uh, uh, you know the football season is is just around the corner. What's mm. the what's the team looking like for you this year, man? Well, I don't. Really, I, I, I really I'm not really familiar with a lot of this stuff. I, but I but I but like I told you, I'm not really a big fan of that up tempo situation. I think I think football on any level is a game of adjustments. I like to see more of a balanced attack from an offensive standpoint. I think defensive they were good. They were good last year but they got they're gonna lose Williams so that's uh that's huge. So replacing him, I don't know. But the bottom line is I like to see as a balance attack. I see like a lot of like I would see like a lot of uh, a power run game, uh in a structured run game along with their pass. So look I'm a SC guy. I wish I wish the program the best. And you gotta remember now, I mean this might come off a pompous and cocky. You got to remember, you know, you talk to a guy who's on five national champions, football's on two, and so to date, the '72 team's the greatest team in college football history. Some will argue that, but it's definitely USC history. So since you're talking to a guy whose team and teammates set the standard, they got to live up to that. That's what USC people look for. They expect that. And even Pat Hayden, the athletic director, he knows what I'm talking about. He won't deny it. He got that ring. <laughs> so, the, so, so the bottom line is whenever I look at USC football, I'll revert back to that, and I want to see USC win the Pac-12. And you got to remember now, since we have a playoff system, USC got to win that Pac-12 and get to the point where you play for that national championship. So the teams to beat nationally – it's Alabama and Ohio State, and then the number one is Ohio State. But you got to get out of the Pac-12, and so USC's nemesis this year will be Stanford again, and it'll be Oregon again, in my opinion. Well, I was going to ask you what, what the Pac-12 looks like this year, and and same same two same three teams. Uh, well, UCLA, man, what 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 do you think of UCLA's chances this year? 
Well, I mean, you know, you, the, the missing part is, 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 is the head of the snake, the quarterback. The quarterback decision. With, with Huntley leaving, I mean, uh, over there, I mean, you got a new quarterback. So, so Mora is looking at three quarterbacks. Yeah. You got to get your quarterback established. Now, we're, you know, Arizona State's going to be strong, and Arizona's going to be strong. But you know, they, you never know what you go. You never know what those what's going to shoot going to show up in those two teams. You never know. The week they're supposed to win, they lose. And the week they're supposed to win, they lose. And so I mean, so so I'm going to go with the solid part of the conference with Stanford and Oregon, in in, in you know in the South would be UCLA and, and Oregon in the North. So I'm just saying those teams, that team. It, UCLA is not really that solid because they don't know who the quarterback is yet. You, have, you got your SC, you got the quarterback with USC, and you don't even know about the Oregon deal. But the thing is, or their system is like you can you can uh, put anybody into that system up in Oregon. But the thing is about the Oregon football system is Ohio State exposed them, and you know what happened in that game. Yeah, they had four turnovers. They had four turnovers and still they still put up forty some points. That means if you take the four turns where they got to take 70 points on you. So, so, so I'm just saying Oregon would be strong within, within, within the, the conference. And I think, frankly, it's going to be up for grabs. It's going to be up, for, it's going to be up to grabs this uh, season this year. So do you, uh, sure. do you, you write off both Washington teams, right? And uh, huh? You write off both Washington teams. They're, 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 no, they're... I, don't partic- I, I don't particularly write off uh, uh, Washington teams, but I just don't think they have – the talent to match pound for pound, for, you know, with USC, and uh, you know, I like to coach it with Washington, and they can be a they can be a they can be a dark horse, but based on what I know of these three folks, Oregon, Stanford, and and uh, SC, I think those are the three teams beating the conference. But the thing is, you got to battle in the conference, and then you know, everybody looks at the overall playoff situation. Uh, we don't know who will come out of the conference. That's what I'm saying. Where do uh, where do Cal, Colorado, and Utah fit in, in the in the in the in the picture? Man, they like rats trying to get a piece of cheese. That's why. <laughs> <what I'm looking. laughs> I mean, you know, you know. <laughs> oh man, you crack me up every day, man. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm just saying. I mean, not, not the point to be derogatory, but the thing is, you know, they got people that left. You don't know what they're about. You don't know where their strengths and weaknesses are. I mean, and, 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 and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm out of my mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's based on from afar, from a distance, what I hear, what I know. Uh, those are the three teams in the conference. Now, Arizona and Arizona State, you never know what you're going to give with that, that pro, those programs. You know, they've got good talent there, but they, they haven't been consistent, you know, period. I mean, you know, like the games that they should have won, they lost, right. and vice versa. Right. And so, in, in, you know, in UCLA, they got a new quarterback. Okay, Stanford, you know, Stanford, in, in the way Oregon plays, you know, they got that up-tempo thing and that, that no-huddle situation. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. You know, because when, when they catch you and, and, they, and they shut you down, you don't know how to go play, play traditional football, power football. And that's what happened with them in Ohio State. Right. But within the Pac-12 conference, you don't know what's going to happen. Because you got to remember, the Pac-12 conference, Based on the Ohio State's and Alabama's nationally, they don't even compare. I mean, if you look at it, they don't compare to those that that, that powerhouse. And now that the and now that the the, the, the Pac-12 is dismantled by Ohio State the way they did it, they're not looking at them like that. I don't even know what the rankings going to be, but 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 it, 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 they're not going to be in the top ten preseason. Right. 
I don't even think any, either one of those teams would be top to maybe Oregon based on how they got to the, the, the championship game. But the bottom line is, in my opinion, you know, all these schools in the Pac-12, they got to be to be a nationally recognized team. They got to do more than what they have, what they've done. Well, we we look forward to that when the, when the season starts and get a chance. Now, to- now, you, now the thing is, most people say, well, you know, what's that Andy Davis talking about? He said, is he smoking something? Well, but the bottom line is, you know, he's off the chart. Well, I don't think I'm off the chart because you got you got to come out of the Pac-12, whoever that team's going to be, either it's going to be USC, UCLA, Arizona State, Stanford. Oregon, even the dark horse teams, and even the people trying to get the piece of cheese. You never know. <laughs> you never know about the Pac-12, and that's how it stands today. Right. But see, if you look at Ohio State and the Big Ten, everybody's at Ohio State. If you look at the SEC, everybody look at Alabama. You already know that. But in the Pac-12, you don't really know who's coming out of there. Last last thought, man. Uh, what happens with Michigan this year? Is, is Harbaugh is Harbaugh going to uh, be a, be a force to be reckoned with, or uh, just well, uh, just every put day? Put it this way. Put it this way. I mean, I I like what he did. His work at you you said you see University of San Diego. I like what he did to Stanford, and I like what he did with the 49ers. Didn't get with you got, didn't get some get along with management. From what all the indications we hear, how true that is not. But the bottom line at Michigan, I think he's going to do a good job. And I believe that the people will see him coming. But I don't think he's going to overcome Ohio State this year. And if he does that, I'm really going to take my hat off to him. <laughs> but I don't see that happening. I see it down the road. But, but not, not with Urban Myers. He's a beast as a coach. Yeah. I take my hat off to him. I, don't, I mean, uh, the, the, the coming in to turn that program around, what he did, you got to give them. You got to give them all the credit. we just like what Sabers did at uh, Alabama. So, from a national standpoint, since we have a playoff system now, that's how I talk now. Now, other than that, I want a full fledged now. But the way it is now, nationally, Ohio State and Alabama, the two teams, those are the two powerhouses in the country. And Michigan will be coming. We we will see, brother. Ad, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. And, uh, and it's always great to, to get your insight on what's happening in the world of sports because uh, it's, it's, it's always uh, spot on, man. So uh, thanks a lot, and we'll be chatting with you again next week, man. Oh, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Anthony Davis, greatest man to ever set foot on the football field over at USC. And uh, like you said, the 72 team, probably the greatest team in football, uh, college football history, but definitely the greatest football team in uh, USC history. Man, thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you again next week. We are going to take a quick break. This is John Mulvey. This is called Du Corrie. Back after this.
answers I flip through the pages It seems like a lifetime ago The seeds that you planted Have grown through the ages They're still growing stronger than For something you could not explain They offered you pieces of gold All of the money, misfortune and fame They don't mean much when Playing your 
song Forty years after the time And somewhere in heaven There's a hell of a So get on your chapter and die Hey, this is Kate Pearson from the B-52s for Red. Getting drunk is your own business, but when you drive drunk, you make it everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be responsible, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. My name is Mary Scholes, and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your mind. Well, I never meant to make you cry. Uh, as always, uh, regular regular uh, show correspondent uh, for uh, for tuning in or uh, joining us and uh, talking about some some cool things in the world of sports. Peter, Audible.com, man. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Swoops World is the way to go. Go check that out, and uh, you'll get your first download for free. Uh, Audible has 250,000 titles uh, available. Um, they have multiple plans you can you can do. You know where you're getting a download a month. Um, all kinds of cool talent is doing these books. Uh, what do you read now? You into like? Uh, oh, what am I uh, you're doing? I, another another sniper book? <laughs> no, but it's a it's a cop book. <laughs> Shout out to our good friend Stacy Lupinacci. How's it going, Stace? So. Check it out. There's there's lots of great times. Uh, you're, you're driving to and from somewhere. You're you're on the treadmill. Let me tell you uh, what I just finished, man. Give me a second. I just finished a uh, movie by I mean not a movie a book called Twenty Four Hours by a guy named Greg Isles. Okay. I L I L E S. And uh, it was it was all right. It was pretty good. Goodish. Goodish. Yeah. I've done a couple. I've done quite a few Michael Connelly books and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So, anyhow, lots of great titles out of there, and uh, it's, it's worth checking out. And if you go, as I said, to audibletrial.com forward slash soupsworld, your first book is, is free. Your first download is free. And uh, so make sure you pick a long one. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if, of course, if you go that route, uh, Soups World will earn a, a few pennies. So help us help the show out. 
Absolutely. Uh, for all your fitness needs, especially if you're in the Long Beach area, go see our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X. He's got indoor rowing, boot camp, uh, personal training, and much, much more. He's located at 5750 Boathouse Lane. Go to the website, www.rowworks.com, or give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know the swoops roll sent you. <laughs> oh, i got to refresh my chat. Let them know if Susro sent you, and your first week is free. Uh, also, if you uh, want to help out the show, there's several good ways to help out the show. One way is on the homepage of Susro, you can click on uh, Peter's book, Where to Bike Orange County, for sale right there in the uh, Amazon store. And uh, you can you do that, to, and it gives you all kinds of routes. Tell us a little bit about your book, Peter. I know you're, uh, you're winding it down, but tell us a little bit about your book. Man. Uh, Where to Bike Orange County is a book I wrote. It uh, covers the uh, 80 or so great rides in Orange County. 30 of those are kid rides or so, and 50 of them are adult rides geared towards the recreational rider, everything from the very casual four or five miles with, with lots of fun things to do to the much more challenging 50 or so miles uh, with lots of hills and headwinds and all that. Each ride has a, an accurate ride log, uh, points of interest, uh, places to stop and rest, and um, it all ties in with a companion app. So uh, check it out, Where to Bike, Orange County. Nice. Can be, yeah, you can locate that in some of your local bookstores. REI's, uh, and REI's. REI's and some of your local bike shops as yes. well. Uh, How the Notre Dame Giller Recovered His Brain, right there on the front page of Swoops World, is Anthony Davis's book. You click on that, it'll take you right there to uh, lulu.com and you can, get, you can purchase his book. Uh, we have a couple other books there from past guests. Uh, Angela Matson's Road Against the Wind, uh, Eric Davis's The Fort. Go there. You can also learn about uh, and getting in getting more fruits and vegetables in your diet each week. Uh, you click on the old juice blessing there, or as well as uh, how to grow uh, organic uh, veggies and flowers and whatnot on your own. Any place, any place. It'll fit just about anywhere. Click on the one there right there that says uh, Tower Garden. So uh, plenty of stuff there, and uh, each one of those helps out the show. So check that out. Uh, T-Bone's not here tonight, so we got no T-Bone's timeout. I did respond in the chat, or maybe this is just repeated because I didn't uh, acknowledge it a second ago. So I'm getting hit, man, with uh, text and Too much. Uh, multitasking, Too much. man. I'm multitasking, brother. Uh, we, we were talking about your Dodgers uh, when uh, yeah. we had um, AD on the line. They won. Yeah. They, they beat the Giants. Uh, you know, so yeah, I know you're pretty happy about that. It's always a good thing when you beat the Giants, yeah, for sure. Well, we got some people up that, we got some people <laughs> up that way listening in. So Hey, the Dodge, uh, the Giants, give them credit, uh, swept the Dodgers. Uh, they, I think they beat them seven out of nine times this season already or something along those, so something along those lines. It's a crazy number. Yeah. Uh, but um, what was interesting about that series is the Dodgers came in having won seven in a seven row. In a row. And the, the Giants, Giants had lost, lost seven like in seven in a row, yeah. so it just turned that around. <laughs> so that's that's always that, but that's what you like when uh, that's what you like when those two teams play because it doesn't matter who's in first and who's in last at that point, uh, who's who might be going to the playoffs and who isn't uh, at that point. Those two teams just always play each other really really well so uh it, it always makes for fun baseball uh it's, it's how it should be you know if like if every series was like that uh throughout the baseball season there'd be a lot more people watching baseball because uh, it, it's just a lot more exciting 
just to hold level. I do got to say that I think Anthony Davis is wrong. Uh, didn't really have a chance to say that. And I, I know it gets him riled up. I didn't want to rile him up. Um, but uh, I really I think both the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, and you know, I'm a Dodger fan, so both the Dodgers and the Giants, their pitching is very suspect. Both of them have like good one and two starters, but right. after that they really fall off and neither team produces a lot of runs. So they're gonna have to win games, you know, like three to two, four to two, two to one. And I think the team I you know, I can't even believe I'm saying this, uh, but I think the team that the team I put my money on to win the division Padres, the is the Padres. They've yeah. got the pitching, uh like you know, across the board. They got four solid four or five solid starters. A pretty good relief core. And they have loaded up on some bats, along with Matt Kemp, as we talked about earlier. Uh, so, uh, given that this is an odd year, so that means the Giants can't possibly win the World Series, um, then the Dodgers have kind of shot themselves in the foot by sending Kemp on and, and making some... Division, man. Yeah, and, and making some bad, I think, some bad decisions. I, I was not happy with McCarthy, who's now gone, uh, the pitcher, and... Uh, Anderson, who is, he'll be gone soon too because he sucks. Um, I think just all things considered, the Padres are the better looking team. I, I think they're the team. I think the the Giants and the Dodgers are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. That's what I think. Uh, I don't know who will end up where, but I think the Padres in that division are are the the team to beat. I would have to say so. And there, I've, I've actually been to probably more Padre games than I have. Yeah, I've probably been to because I, I lived down there for a number of years, went to school there, I, and, and it was a lot cheaper to go to games down there yes, than it is. was to go to games here in L.A. I've probably been to more uh, Padre games than I have been to Dodger games. I've all. been to more Dodger games than Padre games, but I've been to a lot of Padre games. So. Yeah. So I mean, now, of course, all the games. I wasn't living down there, so when, yeah. when I go down there, when I would go down there, it was always an option of things to do, right? Yeah. Well, wow, ninety percent of the games I went to were were at the uh, Qualcomm, oh. Jack Murphy. Yeah. Uh, I I've been to football games, not baseball. I've been to too many games at. Uh, I've been to a couple, but uh, I like that. I like that baseball stadium. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful park. But now it's it, now it's just about as expensive as going to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I think that's how the West is going to play out. Uh, the National League West is going to play out. So beyond that, I, I have. Very little interest. I don't pay too much attention. I can't can't help out. Um, but as we talked about last week, I think the Yankees are. I think they're in for a rough year. I, I just well, they're in first place. So. They're in first place, but that's so early that. Uh, hey, 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 Dodgers hey, are in hey, first place. I mean, it's hey, like I just told you, they're not likely to end up there. Um, you know, not to bang on the Yankees. Just I think they're going through a big transition thing, and A Rod's going to be a, a disruptive factor. I imagine. I'm not seeing it, man. No, I'm not seeing it. I think as it goes on, he'll get – that guy does that. That's what he does. <laughs> That's the one thing you can count on that he guy doing. Dis- he can be disruptive after the – after when there's when – there's He doesn't pop, need that, though. Popping the champagne. He doesn't need that. And holding up the, uh, he the never World does Series that. trophy. When yeah. it all starts to matter and everything starts to grind into, into like, that moment where, like, He's everything... a changed man, man. Don't you believe uh, in redemption? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Oh, you're a hater, man. <laughs> Just the facts, ma'am. Uh, he's a douche, but he he's is our douche. douche, so you yeah. can't talk about him. 
I think he's become everybody's dude. He, he's, if you're a baseball fan, he's a guy you can bag on, period. Well, i got to defend him at least as long, as long as the season's going on. Yeah. i got to defend him at least till October. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, unless it, gives me, unless it gives me a reason not to. So, so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it for now. <laughs> Oh, you're, oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Well, let's take a quick break and uh, come back and <laughs> figure some things out. You listen to the Swim Swirl of the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, what do you want to listen to, man? Any requests? Mm, I love who? who do you want to listen to? Uh, what, uh, what's her name? Uh, from down south, San Diego... Paints the birds. Oh, Normandy. Normandy. There Normandy you go. Wilson. Yeah, man. We love Normandy. Let's see. Normandy Wilson. How about before I go? After this? Thank you. 
This is Kate Pearson from the B-52s for Red. Getting drunk is your own business, but when you drive drunk, you make it everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be responsible, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. Public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Parker Ainsworth. You're listening to Swoop's World, where things are awesome all the time. Remember that. Mama driving, don't know why she's crying now again. The streets are passing by. 
Parker Ainsworth. Got to get him back on, man. That guy's an amazing, talented artist, and we always love talking to him. Next week on Super Swirl Late Night, Christopher Michael Ward will be our guest. And uh, we'll get a chance to chat with uh, Christopher Michael Ward. Uh, some of you may know him. He used to go by CMW on the uh, Rob Saul Show. And uh, we'll get a chance to chat with uh, Chris and talk about what he's up to these days. And he's, you know, he's uh, big on uh, he, you know, he writes his blog and he's big on uh, reality TV stuff. And he's got the awful inside scoop on uh, all these different shows. And we'll get a chance to chat with him about like I don't know what he's what he's into now. I know for a while I believe he had uh, like uh, Dance with the Stars and some other ones that he was really following quite a bit. So. We'll get a chance to chat with Christopher Michael Ward for a bit next week, and that ought to be fun and interesting, and uh, always a good time. Of course, Anthony Davis and T-Bone will be back in the, in the studio with us. He's just a few weeks shy of being uh, Mr. and Mrs., huh? Mm -hmm. he's, he's, right now, he's just uh, T-Bone, but uh, That's right. he's going he's gonna to get that other, uh, that other uh, complete label. Here That's right. Soon, talking about that <laughs> ball and chain he's uh he's just he's he's like he's like days away now right uh, three four weeks away that might explain why he's missed the last couple <laughs> weeks <laughs> just saying he said he had legitimate oh, reasons sure man he had, he had, had, had legitimate, legitimate reasons legitimate reasons I'm man sure. he's, i'm he's, sure he got to pass hr with those excuses so <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to buy into it. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, you look like you doubt. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. You're always playing the devil's advocate now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't take anything at face value, do you? I will say that I'm, I'm right more often than I'm wrong. You, uh, I, you know what? <laughs> I will give you props on that. Man. You are definitely right more times than you're wrong. <laughs> Man, we've mentioned, we've talked about that over the years, man. It's like I gotta come back and dude, you were totally right about that. It's not hundred percent, it's the high nineties. <laughs> well, we'll hold him to the we'll put the bright light on him next That's week, it. man. <laughs> if he's here next week. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, I'm detecting a pattern. Oh, two weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> hey, shout out to our friends uh, listening to us up in NorCal. We got uh, Stacy and Alma in, and those of you listening on the uh, TalkStream Live app, as well as the Swoops World apps, all the different ways of listening to it. I'm not sure if my friend Kristen's listening. She had the uh, things going on, but uh, she turns tunes in every once in a while, so... Shout out to her, her too. And, uh, yeah, what do you got planned for the big week, man? I think this week I have nothing planned. What? Besides the yeah, usual just you like, have nothing planned. Yeah. But uh, I'm yeah. sure people have things planned for you. That's more than likely <laughs> the case. So, but I think I, get to, I think I get to sleep in on Saturday morning and maybe well, even Sunday I thought Sunday that was morning. the rule of thumb, man. Well, that's the rule of thumb. but It's not soccer you know, season, I, so I'm, it should be going on. Fortunately, there's been some... You know, some hitches in that Gideon. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think oh, I don't think I actually have anything planned. And uh, my wife, I know, has had a crazy, busy week, two weeks actually. So I know that if it's possible, she's not gonna 
try to mess things up. I know she's going to want to sleep in is what I'm saying. Ah. <laughs> so if it's possible, now, the, it might the, actually do happen. Do the kids understand that you choose yeah, to sleep? Well, the kids know. That <laughs> they're at that age where they know if that door is closed, they should not knock. If that van's are rocking, don't come and knock it. And if you're hungry, yeah, they're old a, enough to pour yeah, themselves a bowl of cereal. Bowl of cereal, throw a piece of bread in the toaster, and you're good to go. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's where we are. That's uh, a good. It's a good place to be, man. Yeah, it's a good no. place to be. Yep. Definitely better than you know. Oh my God! Those little toddler stages. Oh yes, indeed, man. Yes, indeed. Let alone, wanna, let alone the diaper stage. I want to crawl in bed with you because I just wet mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stomach aches for no apparent reason. Yeah. <laughs> the monsters in the dark. Exactly, exactly. I'll get the hood, Tommy. I'll get the hood. Well, uh, God, there was something else I, I had. I've been... Oh, God. I can't remember what it was. Eh, getting old, man. Hmm. The, uh, the uh, uh, you know, we. I don't know if you still get the adventure cycling. Uh, the new one came today, and they got a whole bunch of things in there about. Uh, some pretty cool rides, man. Some pretty cool rides. Uh, they, they have what they do. Speaking of toddlers, they have one called Touring with a Toddler. Mm. <laughs> they seem more excited about it than you do. <laughs> Seems like to me that would take like, all the joy. Because you could never ride for more than like fifty minutes before. They have they, the one. They, the one they show the kid was asleep in the back of the you know the little. Uh, the, the trailer, trailer deal, used, yeah. Trailer used to have, or you probably still have somewhere. Uh, kid was knocked out in the trailer, but stuffed, uh, stuffed animals and stuff all around the kid, and, and uh, you know they looked like they were having a good time. You know why they had a picture of that? Because <laughs> it finally fucking happened. <laughs> We better take. Nobody's gonna believe us. We take a picture right now. Day, they didn't put. They didn't. They didn't put it. It was day three. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Not as much fun. As <laughs> I've done that. Uh, yeah, the, the tour or just the ride with the just the ride with toddlers. Uh, I've done some some distance there. I put some hours and I can verify. I can confirm that's uh, not as all as glamorous as it sounds. Huh? Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, uh, what I tour will not be it'll be sans toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Sounds like the only way to do it. Yeah. Solo is the best, like, yeah, probably the best that's way. That's I mean, pretty much it, man, right there, man. You just hit the nail on the proverbial head. That's there all the uh, touring. Hey, uh, you got no last words of wisdom? We're going to wrap things up tonight, man. No T-bone, man. That gives us about, uh, we, we pushed as far as good, the two of us can actually uh, yeah. actually do this. You know, we. Yeah. We used to do this just the two of us, but the shows were a lot shorter. Back a then. lot shorter. <laughs> T-Bone's actually allowed us to get over this three-hour hump, but yeah. uh, we're going to be short by about five, uh, about ten minutes, five, ten minutes, unless somebody wants to call in. Oh, that's good, man. I like it. No? Because <laughs> anybody that's calling in at this point is, trust me, there's nobody we want to call Because <laughs> they're shit-faced. <laughs> Or batshit crazy. <laughs> Same difference. It's all. It's all <laughs> <the same. laughs> 
All right, then. We want to thank you for tuning in to the Swoops World next week. Uh, like I said, Christopher Michael Ward will be joining us. We want to thank Douglas Coleman, who called in from Thailand today. And I got a chance to chat with him. Check out his music. Go to swoopsworld.com. Click on the uh, link inside the uh, the page there where it says Douglas Coleman, and it'll take you to his website and all of the ways you can find his music. We want to thank Lady Lake Music for, uh, for joining us and uh, hooking us up with uh, Douglas because uh, we, we've had some good... Some good things with them, and we want to we thank them and show our appreciation for that. Also, Anthony Davis, our good friend and colleague, uh, as always, it's a pleasure to chat with him. As I always say each week, dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.